Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to Mad Get Radio and a Happy New Year. This is the show where we chat shit about Ninth Age and distract you from the world which is increasingly crumbling around us. On tonight's show, we're going to be chatting about our hobby plans for 2021 and we're going to be going over the highlights from the recent points update. And to do that, we are joined by a much beloved member of the Scottish Wildlings group, a man who continues to win Best Sports Awards despite the fact he's a filthy vermin player. It's the lovely John T. Say hi, John. <laughs> hi, Andrew. Hi, Paul. Thanks Thanks for that introduction. It's <laughs> all right. And uh, as always, I'm joined by my tireless co-host. He's the Sancho Panza to my Don Quixote. It's Paul. How you doing, buddy? What's up, man? Happy New Year, guys. We're back. Another oh. year of talking shit. We're still here. Here we go. That was a good dynamic duo, to be fair. Thank you. List of books to read this year. I've never read it before. Have you won best sports while playing Vermin? No, yeah, that's the fine print of that for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how, how have you won? Sorry, I just went off on a complete like mind tangent there. Have you only won his ogres. <laughs> uh, so no, so I've won it. I've won. I've won best sport as ogres for like the first the first tournament I played. I think it was Siege, one of the sieges, probably Siege two. I brought uh, an ogres list that didn't have a mage, like had <laughs> I didn't have any any big blocks of infantry. The stars are starting to align in my head. How you got this? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a lot of people knew it was my first time and they took pity on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for ever since then, I think I've, yeah, it's only been ogres really. <laughs> uh, maybe I won a point as sylvan elves, but that was very recently. Okay, yeah, I think that was the the last of your key event, right? Yeah, again, probably people taking pity on me. I mean, I guess the, the overall thing is that you're a really nice guy, but you play Vermin, so it's a kind of... <laughs> Not publicly yet, though. So that's juxtaposition, <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Well, uh, we are psyched to have Jonty on the show tonight to help us discuss uh, our 2021 hobby plans and, of course, talking about the controversial slash not-that-controversial uh, points update which just kicked in before the new year. So lots to discuss on tonight's show, but before we go any further, I'm going to hand over to Jonty to give us a little insight into the man himself. So, uh, Jonty, who are you? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, so I stumbled into Ninth Age fairly recently um, when I was working with Paul. Paul recently moved into my office at uni and um, kind of saw over his shoulder he was looking at small plastic figurines on a computer. Hard at work at all times. Hard at work at all times. That's one of the better things to be caught looking at at work. <laughs> um, and there was like, there, there, so there's like this awkward Mexican standoff of who's going to say first. Because at this point, I was thinking about getting back into the hobby. But after like the usual break, um, but hadn't quite uh, taken the plunge yet. So, you know, I'm like sidling up to me like, so, uh, Paul, do you, uh, do you play a... Uh... <laughs> Do you play with little toys? Do you play with little figurines? It was actually really <laughs> funny. We were, I don't know if you remember, but I remember this specific moment you asked. We I remember vividly. In, <laughs> <laughs> we were both in the lab working at microscopes, and uh, 
I kind of knew Jonesy a little bit. We had kind of chatted, but not that much. And he kind of was like, uh, Paul, can I ask you a question? And I was like, where the fuck is he going with this? Like, <laughs> this guy's about to get fucking deep. Uh, and then he started asking me about Ninth Age. I was like, oh, right, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, then, yeah, from, from there, Paul kind of got me into the system. And, I, yeah, I went to a couple of tournaments when I was still living in Scotland, but I've just moved down south um, back to near where I'm from. I now live in Liverpool, and I've kind of been keeping up with the scene here, trying to get tournaments going whilst working on a teacher as, on, as a side gig, really, because since lockdown started, I feel like I've turned into a full-time uh, painter and UB player. So, Yeah. <laughs> if only but, uh, the pay was better. <laughs> 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 but that's yeah, that's pretty much my story. I, I mainly play uh, ogres, uh, but I've, I've I've over lockdown, I've finished a full like maybe seven thousand, nine thousand points of vermin. So I'm looking to kind of get them on the table uh, when lockdown ends. We can finally play each other face to face and roll some dice. So provided they're balanced, of course. Oh yeah, I'm sure that's the that's going to be the main barrier there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it isn't saying that you've painted that much over a lockdown. And it's not like a slapdash. They are, it's a really stunning army. And uh, we'll, we'll come back to this later on. But like you make me very ashamed of my hobby achievements for 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I wouldn't be so ashamed if I had plenty of time on my hands. You've, you've, you handed in, right? That's, that's been, you've got yeah, to... But- I did that in like September or August or I don't even know when the fuck I handed in but it's, there's been a lot of time between that and I think I've painted four models in that time so <laughs> which uh, I won't give anything away but that's actually not the worst result from the Wildlands group for 2020 <laughs> um, but we'll come back to that before we move on do you do anything for the project John T? have you got a oh. role in any of the teams yeah sorry um, so I, I'm currently on the public relations team um, so I when I was getting into kind of really really painting a proper pace i started posting stuff on instagram because i found it was quite a cool motivator and it put me in touch with other people actually old friends as well who play the hobby in that kind of weird social media way where it starts suggesting people you know but haven't spoken to for years and they are they're also posting warhammer so it's kind of <laughs> that, that was how i got into the instagram posting thing but noticed through that that um the ninth age account was kind of uh, inactive for like three years and so got in contact with them and now i mainly run the um, instagram account so starting up community spotlights um advertising any job postings or volunteer positions or whatever on the instagram account yeah that's that's really my remit yeah cool and have you found that having done that because like, i don't use instagram I'm, I'm an old man um but have you had like people kind of reaching out and tagging the ninth age in the instagram more that it's kind of been more active Oh, oh yeah, tons. Yeah, I think. Okay. yeah. It's it's been, um, it, it was it was actually really nice because I so I I initially got in contact with them because the Infernal Dwarves Slim book or no maybe the um, it might have been the Epic of Kibbutesh was just about to come out and there was uh, that that was around the time that people thought the Infernal Dwarves Legendary book was kind of imminent and so I saw this chance to be like we should be posting Infernal Dwarves stuff because everyone knows this army. Um, but it's something you very rarely see on yeah. Instagram because most people are classic Age of Sigmar or 40k players. And so, but everyone kind of is aware of this legacy army. And so it seemed like a great way to put the ninth age out there a bit more. And then when the ball started rolling again and there were posts coming in, people were really happy to see 
um, the Ninth Age kind of back up and running. There's a lot of the community. I, I, so every week I'll try and do a community spotlight where if people message me, message the official Ninth Age Instagram page with their armies or paintings that they've done that they're particularly proud of, I'll I'll repost it on the page and with a awesome. tag, obviously. Yeah. This whole thing is about like it should be about sharing people's work and having fun with it. So it's yeah, Instagram's great for that. Helps promote stuff as well, right? I think maybe the Twitter presence could do with a bit of a a rejig because I think it maybe is a bit lacking. But but yeah, no, that's that's awesome. So, uh, Jonty, let's start with you then. So it's a new year. Is it a new you? What are your kind of what were your twenty twenty <laughs> goals? I mean, you've already absolutely smashed it, whatever there was, I'm sure. But what was your your twenty twenty goal, and what are you looking to do in the new year? Well, 2020 was actually the first year that uh, I, I had a New Year's resolution outside of the hobby as well. I, I had a New Year's resolution of um, I was never going to buy a meal deal. Like, you know, there's like supermarket meal uh, deals. Okay. Because I feel like I'm just hemorrhaging money to like, you know, pretty low grade sandwiches. Every <laughs> lunch. So, uh, so I, but I, I managed to do that with not, not, you know, I was, I was maybe helped quite a lot by the fact that you couldn't go outside for most of the year. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, my, my, my hobby goals of 2020, I think, were mainly to, I'd started a few vermin at that point. I'd maybe got a few characters done. I try and use my characters as like, um, like test testers for for color schemes and stuff like that. And I'd gotten one or two done, and so I was kind of slowly zoning in on a, a theme for my uh, list um, and wanted to get an army of uh, 4,500 4, points down um, and, and kind of wildly underestimated um, how long lockdown would be and wildly underestimated how effective washes and contrast paints are so, <laughs> <laughs> um, to the scorn of some players as well. <laughs> Who shall remain nameless. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. So um, obviously smash that then so what was your kind of goal going into this year did you have a goal or was it just a kind of case of keep on bashing away at the vermin oh uh, so yeah sorry so so this so the vermin i think i've got a few projects that i'll probably go back to the vermin and finish off i'd quite like i've i've i've, I've been using a lot of um the night haunt models from games yeah. workshop uh, kit bashing them with clan rats to kind of make uh, I'm thinking about doing like foot pads or or gutter blades um, with them to kind of make them look a bit like messier, I guess. Because a lot of them have kind of rats proportion hands and weapons, so they're great for that. So that's that's definitely a project that I'll be early on in the year. It's just to kind of ease me back into the hobby because I've had to take the the break over Christmas. Yeah. But I really want to break the back of my uh, my demon legions. I want to get into my demon legions big time. I got a bunch of models from a board game, so like no. Um, they're all kind of monopose and I guess boring in that way, but they're all these crazy like resin casts from some board game I'd never heard of. And it's like this kind of mega Japanese um, yokai type theme, which I think will look stunning when it's on the board. It's just a matter of getting them on the board. Sounds very cool. So that'll be army number three that you've, potentially <laughs> army number two that you've smashed out in lockdown as well, which is very impressive. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, when you say it like that, it sounds like I have a problem. But uh, I can play. Yeah, this is a safe place, man. It's all good. As hobby yeah. goes, that's actually a good pro- a good problem to have. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go from that end of the spectrum uh, to the other end of the spectrum. 
and we'll start with you, Paul, because you're. How very... dare you, Andrew? How dare you? <laughs> well, but you're higher up the spectrum than me. That's the caveat here. <laughs> um, so I actually went back and listened to our ep- this, this equivalent episode from last year because I don't think either of us could have confidently said what our goals were, and obviously that bodes well into how successful we were in actually accomplishing them for the last year. And I actually don't think I've done too bad. So apparently last year I spoke a lot about uh, doing an Asklander army and how I wanted to treat it like a kind of speed painting project. And when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, fuck, I've totally just agreed to paint this whole new army. Fuck's sake. And then I actually say and on that episode that I'm looking to paint 50 guys, which I did do. Okay. So I haven't done a full army, but I did do a kind of speed painting type um, exercise with 50 of the Vitrix models that I wanted to use. So that's kind of a win. That's pretty so, good. Um, yes. Are you going for a historical a historical theme for these guys in general? or? Yeah, so that was the idea. It was just to kind of get away from GW. I mean, I really like GW stuff, but um, I just wanted to do something different. And Vitrix is just really good value for money. The plastic's good quality. The sculpts are nice. And it just really suits the Asklander aesthetic. Yeah. So um, that was the idea. So I bought um, 50 of the, the Golic warriors that they do. And I painted them up fairly quickly. And I was quite happy with it. I, I really like the models. So that's still in the background. But I managed to get that scratched off the list. Not a full army, but I at least did that section. So that's good. One of the other things we kind of very briefly mentioned um, last year was doing a campaign, which we did do this year. Yes, we um, did. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. So that's a win for everybody because okay. we all did the campaign. So you can add that to your list as well. Okay. Ogres, yeah, still painting the ogres. That's not finished. But progress had been made. I painted more ogres than I had the last year. Um, managed to get the rock rock <laughs> done, snow cow done, four tuskers, about 14 tribesmen, got a bunch of bases done. But yeah, I mean, the army's still very much like nowhere near finished i maybe got like 25 percent done of that one list that i had originally but i'm still cracking on with that i bought more minis recently and i'm not we'll, we'll get on to future targets um later on in the episode but there has been progress but alas it's not been as much as i perhaps would have liked as of last year the ogres you're doing are all are they all converted as well i've seen a lot of green stuff like green stuffed furs and everything else yeah so the idea is because I, I mean, part of the reason for me getting into ogres was just the kind of wild heart theme of the book. Yeah. I just really liked it, and I thought it would be an interesting project just to, rather than just buying the models and painting them, to do a little bit of customization because it hadn't really been something I'd done much of. Given that the ogres are a little bit bigger, it's a bit easier to work with. So yeah, all the all the ogres themselves, I've added green stuff to to make it look like they're wearing furs and and hats and stuff like that and just putting like fur trim on different parts of the clothing just to tie them in a little bit more with the, the theme that i'm going for yeah um and i've tried to spend a bit more time on the facing as well which i'm i've been quite happy with so it's been good i've enjoyed it um but i've still got a bit to go yet in terms of getting it finished you're gonna have to remind me so what outland, out, ugh, outlandish claim rather did i make <laughs> <laughs> well last year last year you had said that the year previous was supposed to be the year of terrain so it was going to be this year but right, right. Um, 
<laughs> so that was kind of the big thing. Um, I'm getting some I've serious deja vu down, right about now. <laughs> I've also written down splash pads because we had a good chuckle about that last year. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, that, that was for the, the terrain bases, right? Yeah. yeah I've yeah. since disagreed with that that avenue. Yeah. Oh no! So we're we're scratching splash pads. No, I think it's better to do it the way the guy Adam did it on the forum. Okay, we'll throw them into the foam dildos. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, foam dildos. That's where they're going. Okay, cool. I've got no idea what splash pads are, so I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm just nodding away. <laughs> just just let your uh, imagination run wild. There's two variants. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's the patented maggot radio variant, and then yeah, the which used for. Uh, wet play and sexual pleasure yeah, and then there's the other one where it's basically like a terrain base where you can insert magnets and things like that um, and use it for like putting in rocks or trees depending on what terrain you want to make it and we're, we're talking about the latter yeah officially right yes. Yes. Yeah, yes yeah yeah unless a uh, mcdick trick store on ebay uh, gets through <laughs> the the brexit you know yellow tape <laughs> And uh, we can start pumping out our foam dildos and uh, sexual splash pads, but uh, which will of of course all be patented and uh, sponsored by Madgate Radio. (laughs) So yeah, I fucked that then Mm. Uh, because 2020 wasn't the year of train. (laughs) You got the campaign done though, right? I got the campaign. That's a win. (laughs) Like we were talking about this earlier, I think I've legit painted maybe maybe 30 models. I think that's it in a year, which is shocking. And I, I'm quite a quick painter as well. So this has been a bad year for, for the hobby. Yeah, and I'd say, in, in your defence, you, you finished the PhD. So that was a big time drain, right? Yeah, I actually think that the biggest excuse, it wasn't even the PhD, it was the fact that there wasn't any... There was well, only like one, two tournaments. Yeah, this is true. As I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't agree more. On the episodes, like, having a tournament or some kind of physical demand for minis helps push you on and get stuff done. Yeah, totally. I totally get it. Do you the, think you've the, played more this year? As a, just as a... No, obviously we haven't played more in the flesh, but do you think UB... Through UB? Uh, yeah, probably, potentially, yeah. I mean, I think I've played at least once a week on UB. I mean, certainly in like the early spring and early summer we were playing quite a lot. Yeah, but then I guess, like, because we were probably averaging going down to common ground every week or two weeks anyway, so maybe... Maybe not, actually, on the balance of things. I would be confident in saying you've probably played as much. Yeah. I don't think you've yeah. played any less than you would normally. So I guess UB's been a bit of a godsend in that sense. Yeah. I, th- I think you take different things from playing on UB to, to playing on the tabletop. And I, I, I don't. I feel like the jury's still out for me on which one's more useful because I, I think I've noticed my movement game has improved a lot because of UB, because of the precision mm. you need for it. Um, but I think in terms of like board awareness, even though obviously you can see the whole tabletop on UB, I find it much harder to predict what people are going to do from that top-down view set. So I feel like although there are the, the, you know, we're maybe getting more games in, I think we're taking different things from them. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily the same game, which sounds a bit like an oxymoron, but I think it... Playing well on UB actually requires slightly different skills to playing well in, in person. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a bit more gamesmanship and kind of almost psychological warfare-esque on the tabletop, uh, which you can't really... <laughs> As you really jeer happen. at people. You <laughs> oh, you fucked that up! Yeah, so... And plus, just getting your opponent drunk helps a lot. It helps yeah. me a lot. Um, <laughs> this might explain to people why I win uh, best sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Barry, you need another beer. Go on, Barry. 
<laughs> Let's not lie, Barry doesn't need any fucking encouragement. No, he doesn't. He's normally the one doing the encouragement. To <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, I think you're probably right there. So before we talk about the kind of our objectives for this year, then being utterly naive, we had two illustrious guests on our show last year, who I feel like we need to discuss. We had, <laughs> we had the salt miner himself and uh, Madget Radio's proud sponsor, Michael Doherty of McDickTrick. Uh, eBay store patent pending. So, what were their hobby goals, and did they meet them? So, for Michael, I've actually got quotes written down. Oh uh, my god! <laughs> because we should say that maybe a couple of hours prior to us recording this episode, um, Michael was adamantly claiming that he was the only one that had met his obligations from last year, <laughs> and uh, new evidence came to light after we actually went back and double checked the episode that um, that you might not be entirely true. <laughs> It's never good when your friends bring quotes. That's uh... mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. So there's there's kind of three points here that speak to all the same uh, goal, and then there's another one. The second point is so trivial, and and I guess with lockdown, it might have been harder to accomplish, but still not very difficult. So um, we'll start with that one. So Martin uh, bought a bunch of carry cases like three years ago, and he's had Michael <laughs> sitting in his flat for the last two years. <laughs> So one of his hobby goals was to go around and collect it, and he's still not done it. So yeah, that's number one. And uh, so the the claim that Michael had met uh, had suggested that he had made was um, that he had painted four minis, and that was more than the one mini that he said he was going to paint. Um, and in actual fact, um, what he had said was. He wanted to paint all of his plastic empire, as much of the empire as he can. And the important caveat to that is he had just told us that he bought over 100 plastic lanch necks that he wanted to use for his empire. And so he had basically suggested that he was going to paint 100 dudes. So four of 100, (laughs) not quite as impressive as he might have wanted to suggest. And I have to say that the four he has painted, there is still considerable doubt as to whether they were painted in 2020 or 2019. <laughs> I mean, the four he's painted are lovely. Very good. Very nice paint job. But yeah, only four. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about Martin? I don't think Martin actually had any hard and fast commitments. He mentioned that he had like 40 skinks or something to paint for the last event or for the event that we were going to go into, which I think might have been the Scottish Championships. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, what she did. Yeah. And, and then he said that uh, this year was going to be the year of Orcs and Goblins. And he has painted a shit ton of Orcs and Goblins um, this year, has to be said. Yeah. I think he, I think he did 90 Goblins in like a, a week or two. It seemed like a fairly short period of time for the amount of work they put into them. And yeah, he is seriously honor bound as well, and like won't use any kind of wash or contrast witchcraft. He just goes in and paints with or a unit brush. filler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or <laughs> unit filler. Yeah. <laughs> I, the, right, I'm not going to get into this unit filler bullshit straight off. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? That could be the salt mine, actually. Fuck what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I can have my uh, counterpiece to the salt mine. <laughs> Fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> Fucking whiner. Anyway, triggered. It's fine. To be fair to Martin, he has uh, churned out a lot of stuff this year. And, uh, oh. yeah, and it's, it's all been very, very nice. 
he's actually painted some of Guillermo's stuff as well. Yeah. <laughs> Did he not finish your boat this year? He hasn't painted it. He's he's made the. Um... <laughs> he only spent hours fucking building it and putting yeah, it on the base that fit. To be fair, like I didn't. I didn't say I'm to paint it because I'm going to paint it. But uh, yeah, he did make my uh, my undead wave from a ghost ship, which I've told him how I'm going to paint it. I'm going to paint it spectral so it matches him with the spectral hunters I've got. And he's going to—I know what he's going to say. He's going to say it's not three colors, despite the fact that it will clearly be three colors. So I think he's just doing it to really get that joke in later on. To be quite frank, but just many shades of blue. Yeah, it's ghosty and shit, right? And Fine. green, and then there's the the color that you'll have to paint around the actual edge of the base. That Black. Counts. There you go. And the base is going to be brown. That's three colors. Don't know what his problem was. <laughs> um. So we probably came out of that. Well, Michael definitely came out of that worst. Yeah. Martin will say smashed it. Yeah. Johnny smashed it. Uh, and you probably did better. No, you didn't. Probably you definitely did better than me. I limped over the finish line, but yeah. I definitely didn't do as much <laughs> as uh, I would have liked. Yeah. So yeah. shame on me, shame on Michael. Oh, actually, there's another thing I forgot. I actually started using a wet palette. I did mention oh, that. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. How I did you find I'm... it? Um, <laughs> there was a lot of build-up to using this wet palette, and uh, in some ways, it's it's definitely better. I definitely feel like I'm wasting less paint using it. Sometimes I, f- I find that the wet palette is too wet, and sometimes it's not wet enough. I feel like there's a balance. Oh, insert jokes here. I know, this is oh, just there's so many, so many possibilities. That's what she said! <laughs> At its optimal moisture level. Wink, wink. Um, it's it's pretty good. It's definitely better than using um, what I had before. But um, it's I've definitely found it not as intuitive to use as I thought I would. Yeah, there's, there's a big learning curve, I think, to using it effectively as it can be used. I'm still getting to grips with mine, for sure. Oh, so you're a, a palette conversion ist converter? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Is that what? No, yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Now, now, I, I, yeah, I would never go back. Now, I think. Okay. Um, but, but I, I would say the big thing that swung me over to using a wet palette is. Actually, yeah, actually, even a, 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 an aim of 2020, which has been to not, of 2021 even, is to not use metallic paints and to instead start kind of um, blending and highlighting and mixing my colours a lot more. And, and, and in terms of, like, actually mixing paint on the wet palette, that that is where its usefulness really comes in because you can maintain those blends and mixes for just so much longer. Right, okay. So if you're doing you a unit, you're not having to redo it. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do you think there's a an obvious benefit to not using metallic paints? Like, is, is non-metallic metals? It to me, as someone who's never done that, it just seems like a lot of extra work. You can still blend different metallics and add different techniques to it to get a really nice finish. Is there any particular benefit to doing non-metallics? Uh, um, I think it definitely comes down to personal preference. I'm not. I'm definitely not one of those people that is, you know, thinks that if you use true metallic paints you're not a real painter um i i i I have drifted away from them because i find the texture of all of the true metallic paints to be quite oily because i think to to put the glitter pigment actually in the paint it it changes the consistency that makes it a little bit harder to work with um 
but that's not that's not a negative really it's just it's that's just because i'm completely ocd about it um but i, I think i've found that since switching over to non-metallic metals it's it's it makes for a much more engaging paint time in in the same way that you kind of um there are certain bits when you're painting that you really there are parts you really enjoy um i now look forward to much more of my painting than i do since i switched over which is kind of really where i'd like to take my hobby time to the space where i can enjoy more of it more often rather than it just be like looking at a hundred clan rats and thinking i need to paint all these actually enjoying it wow so you're going to be applying like non-metallic oh not to this not to the clan rats not to the vermin. No, 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 no. <laughs> to the to the to all my myrmidons and stuff like that. Like I've got, I'm okay. gonna have a few. Um, but um, yeah, I, I I think it just makes for a much more engaging paint painting session. Okay. And I wouldn't cool. say it actually adds that much time onto it once you get into the wet blending stuff. Once you get good at it, I think you don't. The, the time is is much less um, costly. I maybe need to try it then. I've never really bought into it before, but maybe. That would be a nice, easy 2021 goal, to be fair. I could check that off, get back in the green. It's what, much try non-metallic zero. metals? No, fuck that, I'm not doing that. I'll, I'll get the, the wet part, though. I'll play, some, play with some water. <laughs> <laughs> doing it for a character is, is easy. It's, not, it's definitely not as hard as people think. Like, if you know, like, stippling techniques and stuff like that, it's very, like, straightforward. I'll maybe try. I'll maybe try. <laughs> You've gone from being to... quite keen to... I'm not sure anymore. I want Andrew 2021. Change is scary, guys. <laughs> and uh, yeah, okay. I'll maybe try. I'll maybe try. You can tune in next week. <laughs> <laughs> when I've definitely not tried it. <laughs> um, okay, so what? Are, so John T, 2021 is going to be Year of the Demon. Uh, yeah, get them all I think done. So. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. got this. This. Uh, yeah, I just. I've got to get them. I need my pile of shame. Went from shameful to zero after i finished the vermin and it's very quickly gone back to shameful that's the healthy that's in the green if it's in the shame <laughs> it's that's the normal <laughs> okay um paul what, what's your 2021 goals then more i'm not setting any hard and fast goals i've learned my lesson but this is like the fourth year of us doing this podcast and you finally learned your lesson yeah yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> got there in the end just to crack on with the ogres and if i can get significant progress with ogres, I'll reward myself with more Vitrix minis, but I've, I'm not allowed to buy any more until I've at least got one list that I can field that's completely painted. Okay, so priority one ogres, tertiary yeah. priority right after anything else is getting the, the Vitrix stuff for the... Yeah, priority yeah. is ogres, secondary is ogres, tertiary is Asklanders. Yeah, okay, cool. What about you? Well, I've heard a birdie say that 2021 is going to be your terrain. Is it? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> is it only the year of terrain because you feel like you're obliged to actually make some terrain? I'm going to let you in a secret, years. guys. Every year is your terrain. <laughs> uh, no, this year I think I go through phases, right? I don't, I don't want to start a new army project because I'm happy... I'm really just playing vampires now, to be fair. And like, I'm happy playing the vampires. I'm happy like just doing little bits of painting when I need to like get a new unit or blah blah blah. And I don't really want to start a new project. So I thought, you know, do terrain because that's a worthwhile kind of endeavor and it'll look really cool. So I, I did, yeah, I'm going to do that. That's going to be 
so this is it official 2021 is the year turn i am going to do that and uh michael has started a painting league which we're all a part of on the forum and you can check that out in the, on the scottish sub thread uh, so the wildlands are doing a painting league where every month you have to say what you're going to paint and i'm going to use that to do terrain which i'm still planning and <laughs> kind of pick away at little bits and pieces that i've had on my to-do list for a long time so like this month i've got six spirit hosts an extra necromancer because this will be necromancer four and everybody knows you use four fucking necromancers <laughs> um it's legit and 10 more skeletons because you know what my collection needed is more skeletons i i, I wanted to ask you about that i saw uh, yeah i saw the six the spirit hosts of the skeletons and was wondering are they are they are they just going to be a little bit more meat for the grinder or is this are they a special contingent of your collection what's the what's the thinking behind them I mean, I must have, like, going on 10,000 points painted the vampires now, I think. It uh, must half be. that is zombies. I mean, half that is zombies, yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. That tells you how many yeah, zombies I've got. Yeah, how many zombies is that? <laughs> um, and I still only feel them in units of 20. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, no, they're, they're kind of just like, like the spirit hosts were be, or something like I built ages ago and primed, and I was like, oh, that'll be a nice quick kind of job that I can do one day and I just never got around to it because I don't think spirit hosts are particularly great in the book they kind of fall in a weird position but they're nice and quick and easy to paint so bash them out and you can only ever have six models in the army so I thought just get them done and that because I'll never need to paint them again and um, the skellies the skellies have gone down in the points update which we'll talk about in a second so I might need another extra set of command and another 10 skellies will never go amiss and then that necromancer has been sitting on my paint table for I think about five months and I've like every now and again I'll be like I'll put one more base color down and then I put them to the back and I never look at them again. So he just needs to get done. And actually, I worked a wee bit on him this this afternoon. And he's looking pretty good. Is this the Skeletor guy or is this someone else? Yeah, this is the Skeletor guy because I can never find a Necromancer model that I really like. That's why I have four of them. Uh, I... <laughs> That's that that was uh, Michael's problem with Empire. <laughs> yeah, at least I, at least I paint them. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think there's a, a lot of great necromancer models they all kind of look quite cheesy i think there's all like the old guy that lives in the fucking bin around the back of the flats kind of look yeah. like that's not scary so hopefully this guy scratches that itch so that's going to be the and i'm going to try and use the the painting league to kind of check off little to do jobs throughout the year what, that's what, the plan anyway what, what do you mean by t- by terrain are you, are you setting up a table in your in your house or your flat or whatever yeah, so um, like people who listened to the show last year will, will already know this, um, but there was a guy called Adam on the forum who did uh, basically 3D terrain that sits on the 2D terrain outlines. So you set up your board with 2D terrain and then you've got 3D terrain which fits perfectly on the outlines of the 2D stuff. Got it. So the board looks really good and then if a unit ever needs to go through the wood or whatever, you just take the 3D one off. Yeah. And it means that you don't have like models falling over and and things like that and i just really like the idea that so you could have a really nice looking board but it's still practical um because otherwise that's why i was thinking about the splash pads where you'd have to like magnetize trees and like take them off yes. and through them. so that's the plan um i think it's it's doable but i want you to spend a bit of money on it which i really can't justify at the moment to be honest but i'm going to do it anyway um to make it look really nice and use stuff from like dark fantastic mills who make awesome terrain so that's going to be it 2021 year of the terrain i like that i like that tune in for 2022 which is also going to be year of the terrain. <laughs> this is a 
because of lockdown, this will be the, the year that just through cruel irony, you'll end up with a full table of really nicely done terrain, but no one will Nobody. over you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, in my head, I'm kind of justifying it a little bit like that as well, because I think that like home games will probably be doable way before. Yeah, that's true. Like tournaments and stuff like that. So I think it's far more likely for me to say like, do you want to come around for a game, Paul? Uh, rather than saying, you know, let's go down to Common Ground, because I just don't, I don't know. I mean, things are getting worse every day, so I don't know when that's going to be a reality. I just had the image of you being like, do you want to come around for a game, Paul? I've got the splash pads out. Come on. Roll to seize initiative. <laughs> um, no, we're, not, we're, not, we're not doing this. <laughs> too late, we've already done it. No, no. Some things change with the new year, and some things don't, and this isn't one of them. Uh, so yes, yeah, so that's our paint targets. So let's before we go into the update itself, we have to cleanse our palettes and take a trip down to everyone's favourite salt mine. Yeah, baby, it's salt time. So this week on the salt mine, because the salt miner is still so salty that he's having to take a leave of absence, we have delegated to our lovely listeners, and this week's salt mine is brought to you by the lovely Jordan Bladen. And his uh, complaint was, uh, why is the project wasting time on supplements rather than focusing on LABs? So by this, Jordan means, why is the project basically working on things like uh, supplementary background stuff, things like uh, the Makar, Asklander, and the new Hobgoblin books, those kind of things, rather than just focusing on getting the main army books uh, redone and the legendary kind of status. So uh, I'm going to throw this open to Paul first, because Paul expressed understanding of this before recording. Yeah, so I get people's frustration. I think for a lot of people, you know, the, the pace at which the project moves is on the slow side and I think things have gotten better with the speed at which the newer books have been getting released. For me it's not really an issue like the whole supplementary book and to say that they shouldn't work on that because it's you know you're wasting time it's like a completely different team of people. The people doing the supplementary books aren't the people that would be doing the legendary army books so you're not wasting anybody's time and from an organization point of view they could easily decide, actually, we do want to go faster. Let's have another team working on another army book right now. Doing that supplementary book doesn't limit you from doing something else. Like, the way they do the supplementary books seems like they're they're generally tied to the LEB that has already came out. So it's not necessarily like you're waiting for something else to come out before you can do it. So I don't really see it as the project wasting its time. It's just a group of people that have got nothing else to do that are working on it. That's my impression of it anyway. Okay. Uh, John T, any kind of thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I, I got to say, I agree with Paul. Um, I, I think it's, it's uh, at the risk of, of insulting lots of people in the community. Do it. And, and at the risk of, just coming off as a bit of a spoiled vermin player. I think when people complain about their there not being uh, enough attention given to the army books, what they really mean is um, why isn't there enough attention given to my army book? And I think, you know, on top of like the slow pace that the project 
is kind of moving out, although I agree that it's getting better, especially with slim books kind of coming out much earlier than the legendary books. I think there's another problem that the project has is, or another challenge that the project has is the level of fluff. And I think actually that's what the supplementary books deal out in quite like healthy, uh, healthy doses. I think the cultist book is really, really cool. I think it introduces a mechanic that I've not really seen in any other game either. Um, and, and obviously because they're not, they don't have to be tournament friendly. They could, the, the team can have a bit more fun with it. Um, I think the supplementary books are a really good thing. Um, and especially because they don't come at the cost of legendary books in theory, at least. Mm -hmm. So I'd be tempted to agree. You're going to have to be devil's advocate though. However, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the issue is that from an outside perspective, and admittedly, I don't know enough about the internal workings of the art and background teams. Uh, but when we had the delay for Warriors and we had the delay for the Infernal Dwarves, the finger was pointed at art and background, saying that basically they were the ones that weren't ready. Mm. So all these the supplements that you come out, like the, the Makar book and the Asklander book, which I agree, I think they're cool and they add a bit of something and it allows players who, you know, if a player just wants to play like Fantasy Vikings, and then they can use Asklanders. They don't need to use Warriors if it doesn't really fit what they want to play. And I think that's a good thing. But again, from a naive outside perspective, my concern would be why is the background and art team quote-unquote wasting time spending resources on books that really don't matter in the grand scheme of things when they are slow in getting the stuff that does matter out for the LABs? I guess that's a slightly different question then, right? That's more about the project's decision on how teams influence the release of material because you could you could have legendary army books getting worked on with feedback and influence by the background team without having to wait for the full book to be released with all the accompanying fluff you could just have the, the yeah. books released and i think and that's where the, the id book went right because they released the slim book well in advance of the the legendary book but i think in part that was because that they knew the legendary book was just going to be so far behind it and the, basically the book was ready but they were still waiting for for art and stuff or at least that's the feeling i got on, on the forum and talking to people but i i totally agree with you guys that if you look at the people who make the books that first contents page that everyone skips by like it, it's different teams that are working on things like the makar book and the Asklanders book and i think it was really nice that like in the last points update that makar and Asklanders did actually receive points tweaks I, I think as as well, if I can, like, I, I, I'm so I've never sat on these boards or teams that decide the fluff, the, the art or background, but I, I can I can quite clearly see from the way the material's been released and like the quality of it that I think what happens is people get these people writing these stories and are writing the background and kind of creating this world that our game exists in they kind of find themselves falling down these rabbit holes of creativity where they just get completely sucked into the 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 writing aspect of it and and maybe that it's that that creative spark is what the project needs to have engaging fluff um it's just that that's not necessarily always productive and mm -hmm. that's what's leading to these kind of tangential books that are, that have like this nice flavor because the the process of 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 writing a colorful story isn't just we go from one army book to the next, to the next, to the next, until we've done all 16. It's 
well, let's explore all these little offshoots of the project that 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 would give a flavour to the people who aren't necessarily engaged in the tournament scene as much as I think people generally associate with Ninth Age. Yeah. And again, I've got to check myself a little bit because I'm very much kind of like a gamer first. So if yeah, it was up I to me, too. like I would be like, get the books, get all the books done in terms of rules, and then you can do the fluff. But I understand why they don't do that. And I understand people who play the game for that kind of background and they want that background. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm, I'm a gamer first here too as well. I, I, I doubt I will read um, the Vermin Legendary book. I'll probably look at the colourful pictures. I actually have to. I mean, it might sound like I had a bit of a go at the, the art team and stuff there, but uh, the artwork and the new ID book is oh, it's nuts. It's yes. very, very good. Some of the background may be a bit questionable. <laughs> <laughs> However, the the artwork and actually like how the book looks and even stuff like the um like the page headings how it's all kind of like the like the stylized um Assyrian kind of iconography and everything it just looks awesome they've done a, the art team have done an amazing job yeah yeah uh, my 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 little brother um saw I sent him the uh, the demon legions book a while ago the legendary copy and he he was shocked he wasn't he's not familiar with ninth age so he was shocked by like just the quality of the artwork and how it's all the work that clearly goes into making these books yeah professional um yeah, yeah it's they're amazing i think if you if you compared it to something like uh like the D D books like there's not visually there's not a, a difference in in quality they're, they're of that kind of professional like people would pay money for that yeah, book absolutely very very cool okay so for to wrap up the salt mine then maybe people need to realize it's not the same team but we've got well i've got question marks over prioritization and especially backgrounds in art is that fair yeah i think that's still a fair comment to make yeah okay. definitely and if anyone's part of the, the art or background team listen to this and they won't if i've, I've just Talked out my arse, which wouldn't be the first time. Uh, you can get in contact and let us know. And uh, equally, Jordan, if, you, if you're still feeling mighty salty about that, you can let us know as well. Um, so, bringing that to a conclusion, let's jump into the main topic of the show. Here we go! So, it will surprise no one that on tonight's show, we want to be focusing most of our efforts on the recent points update, which came out just before uh, New Year. So there's obviously a lot to cover here and a lot of content producers have already gone through it in kind of blow-by-blow accounts, uh, of which I would thoroughly recommend Golden State Gaming. They've put a YouTube video up where they, they go through each of the change logs. Um, go and check them out. They're a new YouTube channel as well, so give them your support. Uh, but they, they've done a great job in going through every book. So if you want a kind of breakdown of complete what what's changed, go check that out. What we're going to do uh, on the show tonight is we're going to talk quite in-depth about the Arcane Compendium. But then we're going to kind of more generally discuss the armies we play, those being vampires, uh, empire, ogre khans, warriors, and vermin swarm. And then we're going to pick out some of our highlights from the other books and have a kind of more general discussion about the points update and where we think this is going to be heading. So the only other caveat I'll add is to give kind of a brief mission statement about what the objective of the team was for this points update. Uh, so this was to primarily try and shift the global meta, dirty word, away from single models and uh, a little bit of MSU as well, and to promote more rank and file units. So across the board, 
rank and file infantry units got quite a lot of discounts, especially for additional models. And of course, all the armies were affected by a quite dramatic change in costing for full command groups, where each of the full command options have gone down by 50%. So they were all 20 points each, and now they are 10, which has made a massive difference, especially to book's core selections. We're obviously all going to have a chat about this, so let's just jump into the Arcane Compendium and start there. So if we look at the, the spells first rather than the special items... What were the things that jumped out to us here? Jonte, was there anything in particular that you saw and you were thinking that's a big change? Um, so so I think I'll, 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 me and Paul will probably agree on the pyromancy one, but that's that's such a massive topic that that's obviously where the biggest changes have occurred. Yeah. Um, so, But before getting to that, I actually, um, I was very pleased to see some changes to shamanism, some more minor changes. Um, I saw Savage, Savage Fury getting quite a big buff from 18 the big version of the spell going from 18 to 24 i think is is good i very rarely see savage fury and and i almost never take it on my ogre um shaman so it's quite i think this is that kind of and normally the reason i don't take it is because of the range and so yeah. seeing that kind of improvement to range i i like it I'd, I'd i'd probably play around with it a bit more now um yeah i like i like that i agree fully with that i think this is quite a big change actually because like savage fury as well like because the range is it's essentially a buff because you're really only using it for the battle focus a lot of the time when you were taking yeah. it whereas now with especially with the 24 inch you can use that frenzy aspect of the spell a lot more yeah. and you can use it to frenzy bait stuff and like you i saw that and i was like that's going to be awesome for my strigoi because i can frenzy bait stuff into my ghoul star that no one wants to fight <laughs> It's going to be yum, 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 yum. <laughs> so I think that's got... Because uh, like I think, I think I'm think i right in saying that the big version is cast on an 8 as well, so it's not like horrendous yeah. uh, casting value. It's still very reasonable. Like you can 2-3 dice that. So, uh, yeah, big fan of that change. I don't think, though... I think the problem is that Savage Fury is in probably the best magic path in the game. And yeah, so it's so. got some stiff competition, and I still... You know, I, I, even even with break the spirit going up in casting value, I, I I can't see. I think I think I would take Savage Fury maybe to experiment to see if it is, if if this range really does help it. But I I, I can't see it being used in most lists, even with this buff. I think it really helps shamanism adepts. Yeah. Um, because yep. it makes combat shamanism adepts stuff like obviously Strigoi. Um, but you know other uh, shamanism casters even ogres if they were taking adept uh, shamans uh, I think it makes them quite tasty because you take Awaken the Beast and you take Savage Fury and that's they're two decent combat buffs and obviously you've got a bit of utility with Savage Fury as well but but I think so So I think maybe so not to zone in on that but I think a, an adept of shamanism as an ogre you're taking the hereditary every time if you want to be up front you're giving yeah, them the minus sure. one to wound, and that I don't know if Awaken the Beast gets edged out by Savage Fury. Yeah, I mean potentially. Yeah, I mean I guess there's ways around that as well because you're not you're probably not going to just take an adept. Yeah, you're yeah, probably yeah, going to yeah, take yeah. a master. And you probably give them the heirloom. Um. So, but yeah, no, I take your point that maybe it's still going to be, you know. But I like that change. I think it's it kind of encourages you to try it out at the very least, right? Yeah, definitely. Cool. 
Um, right, well, we start with pyromancy then, because this is probably the one that's changed the most. So, uh, Paul, we've talked a lot about this. Do you want to kind of walk us through what's what's going on here? Yeah, so I guess, first of all, um, the redesign on Cascading Fire is huge. I think that's always been a big criticism of pyromancy, is just how one-dimensional it's been. And in the past, you had that area of effect spell, um, which they inevitably took out. So I, I really like to see that they've given the lore a little bit of flexibility. I also like how the effect is, is well, for the boosted version, is tied to armor. Because obviously that's something that this that the lore isn't really good at dealing with. But it seems like quite an interesting decision. So I, yeah, I really like that. Also the switch between Cascading Fire um swapping with Scorching Salvo. Now obviously that's just a reflection of Cascading Fire just being particularly potent now um, and kind of like what we were saying with shamanism I'd say especially for ogres just because you've now got another ability to debuff agility yeah. um, which for ogres is just so massive it's a, it's a nice buff for adepts and it's also a nice buff for masters as well just with it moving to spell number 5 um, I think that's really good I'm going to I'm going to start something here which is a thread which uh, we will turn, come back to and a bit of it's me being controversial but i feel that ogres being dubbed a top tier army looking at their update which we'll obviously talk about in a second they were meant to get nerfed but there's been wider changes both here and in the special items that have in fact actually made the ogres better overall couldn't agree more right i was i was expecting maybe a little <laughs> so bit maybe of pushback there controversial. <laughs> <laughs> actually it's just fucking plain knowledge jaunty what do you think about this um I think the pyromancy section, or this, or are we now on this thread? Sorry, we, we'll do. We'll, we'll stick with pyro just now because we will come back to the ogres. Cool. Um, yeah, I think uh, ogres are probably too strong. Um, I was surprised that they, the the the, the thing, the reductions in points that they got were relatively minor. I think across the board, which is obviously good. That's what you expect. Um, but I think the, the the increases in points value for for like the usual suspects of like you're seeing trolley to going up by five points and rock or even going up another ten to a full five hundred it's still it's not it's nowhere near enough to 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 stop people from taking these these pieces um, particularly the the special item buffs of like essence of mithril being allowed to go on large infantry I think you're going to see lots of models being taken now that previously would just be considered broken like the, the whole thing was debuffing mammoth hunters right we're reducing the numbers of mammoth hunters you're seeing on the board by putting that not to restriction on them but hand in hand with that you're giving them better armor by letting them take destiny's call and essence of mithril yeah, yeah. i mean there's, so there's loads of threads there that we'll pull on does did did the pyromancy changes make you want to take pyro more as an ogre player? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I think I I think I think there's a very nasty pyro build where even even if so say you weren't wanting to spend the full amount of points on a master, I think you give an adept firebrand so he gets fireball, and you give him a magical heirloom so he gets the hereditary, and then you've got two other spells straight away. And I think that's for not much 
that's for quite a bit less than than you'd get the master for so for some builds that's that's very very good Paul, you might be able to remind me there. Where have I seen that before? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I've been running that for the last few games. <laughs> Filthy bastard. I mean, that was that was before the change. I think that's just a strong option anyway. Firebrand is, is just stupidly yeah. cheap for thirty-five points. I mean, did that? Uh, we're, I know we're not focusing on ogres, but that didn't get touched in the update. Yeah. So, if you want a really good cost-effective adept on pyro then yeah you absolutely take firebrand and you take the heirloom and you can even i mean i take the rod for battle as well so i've yeah. got a bound spell and then if you've got a frost mammoth you've got another bound spell so you can have a really strong pyro based magic phase with still combat effective spells so I, I, from my perspective the change on pyro it makes me want to consider a master more on pyro Okay. The ogres, just because of the firebrand build was already good um but now because of that i'm like mm, maybe i could spend the points on a master as well and maybe not bother taking firebrands um you just get so much for the points for that upgrade it's it's, it's stupidly cheap for 35 points because you get the breath weapon as well right you get an aegis against flaming you get the breath weapon and you get fireball yes that's good it's insanely cheap you're going to probably take fireball anyway if you take pyro so if you look at it from the point of view of it's effectively giving you the hereditary spell for 15 points yeah. less than the heirloom plus you get the other two buffs <laughs> i i think i i'd be quite tempted to take a pyro master and maybe i, I can't believe i'm saying this but maybe drop the mammoth out of the list <sighs> i think the, the cascade and fire with the with the with the reductions it can give to agility, I think could free up a lot of points from your chain beasts. What uh, is the what is the actual reduction in agility? It's, it's just, just it depends one. Depends right? on the armor, right? Depends. It's equal to your armor, which could be brutal. Oh, so so the agility debuff and the defensive skill yeah, debuff are, the same. are both armor tied. Yeah. It's, okay, I thought it was just the 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 skill, not the agility that was. Yeah, so the base version is cast on 5+, plus. it's 24 inches range, and it's uh, minus X defensive skill, where X is equal to the model's armor, and in the boosted version it's 12 inches cast on an 8, and it is armor, uh, sorry, it's defense and agility. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the 12 inches is, is quite limiting, especially if you've got a caster sitting at the backfield, but still, um, I think this is massive for Pyro, I think it makes yeah, it far with- more dynamic. With the changes to the special items, you can you can you can now have a much tankier shaman for fairly cheap. That's if the shaman gets first dibs on the items, which I don't think he is. I think there's uh, a few mammoth hunters that are pushing their way in the front of the queue despite the fact that <laughs> yeah. they've just been there. Yeah, that's true. Although I guess that just gives you the ability to have a more front and center. Like this is the thing. Like with the special items, you could already have pretty tanky ogre characters. Yeah without relying on this but this just opens up so many more builds i don't know why they actually made that change i don't think they needed to but it's really fucking strong i really think they could have given um this as a special upgrade to the great can because i think a lot of these changes are trying to encourage people to take the great can and if they'd had if they'd given him an extra uh, special rule that meant he could take essence of mithril or Destiny's Call, and none of the other characters could. I think that would have maybe solved this problem in a simpler way. Yeah, it's interesting. I know there's been a lot of chat on the Ogre forums about making the Great Can better, and 
people have suggested you could just do it through a great name. Yeah. Just for a points update that we're never going to introduce no, a redesign. Yeah. I think that's an important point just to kind of caveat as well that um, there was a lot of moaning on the forum, which it blows my mind every single time because they, they said <laughs> that it's going to be a minor points update. And then when they release the minor points update, folk fucking lose their mind because they haven't re- overhauled their army. It's just like, yeah. f- fucking pay attention, you dopey cunts. I mean, this I'm is so I'd, sick of seeing that. On the phone. <laughs> I'd, I'd say just looking at this book alone, like there's been a lot of really big changes. So I wouldn't even oh, sure, agree yeah. with them that if, if they've if they've said it was only going to be minor, then actually I think it's quite significant. Yeah, we'll, we'll wrap up spells because obviously we want to talk about special items, we want to talk about the army books because there's a lot more to discuss there. What were were there any other points that people wanted to pull out for the spells or anything caught their eye? Obviously, pyro is a big change. Shamanism. I think the other redesigns. I mean, the fact that any spells got redesigned. I mean, the, the change on silver spike. With also the similar to Pyro moving the order between spike yeah. and copper is quite big, and also witchcraft like redesign yeah. the witching glare like that's huge, and the debuff to to Raven's Wing as well is is heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> it's still good though. Yeah, I think it was needed for a long time. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you compare it to Dance Macabre, which is basically the same thing, but shit. But yeah, Bewitching Glare is massive. So that's basically reroll to win now, which, again, and it's kind of less significant than Pyro, but I think it still gives Witchcraft a lot more flexibility that it didn't have before. Was was the main thinking behind this that people don't really take uh, Masters of Witchcraft and that they were trying to entice people into 5 and 6 a bit more? I don't know. It's because... With the, new legit, book, with the new Dread Elf book, Witchcraft's going to be popular. And uh, people are going to take the outcast. They're going to take him on Witchcraft because Witchcraft helps against shooting. It's got movement buffs, which will really suit Dread Elves. So the fact that you're also giving them the old Dread Elf hereditary baked in is quite big. So I think that's really going to suit Dread Elf players. I mean, it's not a, a lore I use, and certainly when I have seen it in the past, it does tend to be on ad- adepts and orc and goblin lists. But I don't know. Is what other books really use witchcraft? ID? Do they have vermin? Vermin. <laughs> yeah. Lamia vamps can take witchcraft as well. They're quite common because obviously ravens winging wraiths about the place is pretty tasty. <laughs> yeah. Does that make uh, a Lamia witchcraft character more appealing, having access to that spell? Uh, yeah, potentially, I guess, because it makes it's another combat buff, right? And like the the vampire hereditary, obviously, is, is heal. It's not it's not an additional combat buff. So having a decent combat buff in, in witchcraft that isn't wheel turns. Do you see master witchcraft adept evil builds quite often? Vampires. Master witchcraft? No, you you when you see it, you do see the occasional master witchcraft lamia. Uh, but it's quite often you'll find that the generals are a Lamia count or courtier who's an adept on witchcraft, and then okay. you've got a necro master evil. In which case, it doesn't really make a, a huge difference. You, I, I guess you could double up on reroll to wound with evocation, but I mean, it's maybe not the most effective use of the okay. uh, the spells. So, um, what do we think about the pentagram of pain change? I hadn't actually clocked this. Me neither. <laughs> this is <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> what... So is it just a hex now? Yeah, yeah, it's just a hex. 
Oh man, my dragon build just got way better. Yeah, so this is it for like characters on mounts. Like this is the thing with pentagram that makes it so good. It's just your ability to heal, and because it tends to be well, it's pretty cheap casting value as well, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really a five good choice up for, for the first one, I mean, and then a six for the twelve-inch horror. Yeah, so like, I think this is part of the reason why people tend to take it on exalted herald builds when you do your spell selection, just because it's such an ex- expensive model. It's the same as taking a dragon with a, a vampire on it just having that ability to heal yes yeah. it's, it's so huge so that's really fucking good yeah there's there's another change in the vampire book which i'll talk about in a wee second that i think makes occultism adepts especially occultism adepts and dragons very good so yeah so that's pretty big i mean all the other all the the, the casting values are kind of foreseeable uh touch yeah. the reaper obviously went down so that's one of the evil snipes they went from 24 the boosted version so that's the focus one 24 to 18 which I don't think is, yeah, I mean, I think it's a big change, but I think it was probably needed. I mean, the the triple snipe builds that vampires could do, and I, I think there must be another one that could Warriors do Warriors can do it. Warriors. It's a bit, it's a bit shitty. So. It's a bit cheesy, especially with a Veilwalker. Yeah, I mean, vampires can still do it with, um, what do you call it? Arcane knowledge. <laughs> of course they can. Because reasons. <laughs> so... Uh, don't be coming over here. We are ogre hate when you're <laughs> shit like that. Right, we'll friends. get to vampires. I've been quiet for a reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then I think uh, I mean all the other ones are kind of pretty straightforward. There's nothing really to talk about there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. So let's let's talk about special items then. So obviously the there's only four changes, but I think all four are actually pretty big. Yeah, I think um, they're quite big. So Kingslayer's gone down from 50 points to 40, but the big thing is it can only be taken on by models on foot now. Destiny's Call is, can now be taken by basically anything that isn't a construct or tower in presence, and that's the same with Essence of Mithril. And the Legion banner went down in line with the full command, decreases from 20 points to 10. So, I mean, we, we are going to talk about Ogres in just a second, so we don't need to... Uh, labor that point but this is massive for stuff like ogres especially mammoth hunters and uh, stuff like minotaurs right because they can can get access to that the one thing that does bug me about the destiny's call change is that you can't take it on constructs means that the sky wheel build from warriors you can't take that anymore which was kind of the best way to run them just so you had an aegis save like a good aegis save because Okay, the armor save isn't great, but a four-up armor is normally enough to save you against small arms fire. And with the hard target that you get on the shrine or on the disc, it was kind of enough to protect them, especially because you're standard size. So you can just hide if that's really an issue, but that kind of bugs me a bit. Does anyone see a reason on the forum for why this change came in? Because it feels a bit out of the blue, and everyone I talk to kind of feels like they don't know why they changed Destiny's Call. I don't know. Was that a was that a popular choice for chariot builds for characters? Again, is this is this kind of targeting cowboys and things? Well, you couldn't you couldn't take it on a chariot, could you? Because I thought it was only standard. Yeah, it was only standard height. Oh yeah, fuck knows them. Because that's why minotaurs couldn't take. Yeah. Before. Yeah, I'm not sure. It just feels a bit unnecessary. Well, it's out the blue. No one expected it. Um, so it would be. Interesting if they, I mean, I dare say someone has said it somewhere in the forum as to why that was brought in, but I've not seen it. And again, it, it almost goes counterintuitive to 
trying to get rid of powerful single models because stuff like Mammoth Hunters and Minos are going to take that and feel far more confident about running out by themselves. Yeah, for sure. They changed Kingslayer. Anyone have any strong feelings about this? I guess it fucks... Am I right in saying that fucks uh, a KOE build? Yeah, KOE got hit pretty hard by this. Just because they can obviously have the the virtues and stuff that just make your, your character so good at taking out other characters. I don't know why they've done that. I didn't really have a problem with sticking Kingslayer on something that was... No. Yeah, I don't really feel that, that was an issue before, but... It might be. I, I've never taken Kingslayer on as a, as, a, as a special item, and the reduction does make me like it a bit more. I, I hate going up against Death Stars, and this kind of... Is is yeah. is is nice. I, I would be again. It's probably not a big enough reduction for me to. It's a bit too contextual for me to want to never leave home without it. You almost still have to build, have a build in mind for it to work. Yeah. And having it on foot, I think, really limits. limits yeah. What you're doing, what you, yeah. what, sorry, what you're doing with it. But. I guess if you've got it being at forty points now, at least leaves some points for a decent save if you want a fairly cheap BSB or. Yeah. An accessory character that is there to help you deal with other characters without having to spend too many more points. Yeah, so almost like a utility piece now rather than a specialist piece. Mm. Uh, okay, um, any strong feelings about Legion standard? It's just dirty cheap now, and yeah, it's just there to help boost blocks. So I get it. I don't think that needed to go down though. No. <laughs> 20, 20 points is already pretty cheap. <laughs> yeah. I guess their thinking is they're not seeing that much with four full ranks anyway, so it wouldn't it would help out some armies, but it generally wouldn't shift the game too far in any one direction. Yeah, I think again it's it's trying to feed into this objective, which seems to be counterintuitive to the other changes in special items, but yeah. to pr- to promote this kind of uh, rank and file big bigger units, which I think it it does, but I think it, again it like. I like the change. I think you will see more of it now, especially with the full command changes. But there's really only a few units in the game that I think would really look to Legion Banner. So stuff like big buses of skeletons, yeah. uh, some Empire heavy infantry builds. Used to yeah. yeah. I so. think I, I think the problem is it's quite a bold. It, it's quite a bold change to 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 move from the kind of the single model situation that we're in at the moment to try and promote rank and file, which I think is what we should be doing, yeah. but it's, it's, that's not achievable from minor points tweaks. And so it's kind of, I think they've done a good job with the points update, but I think that mission statement potentially could have been clearer. I don't mm-hmm. think that's achievable here. Yeah. I mean, but I don't we'll know come, what extent they were looking for. We'll come back to that at the end, but I, I do I tend to agree. I think that maybe, I agree with the the idea of it, but I think that where the bulk of the big changes happened have happened in core, and this is something that we were talking about earlier uh, with Martin, and I do think Martin has a point here that basically all your points tweaks or where you've lost points in a lot of lists is core, which you then just need to fill with more core, and if anything, the points you've saved elsewhere can still be spent on stuff like single models, because the single models haven't really across the board gone up enough to really push them out. So I don't I don't think this will actually have the, the the impact that they think it will, or they hope it will. But I, I maybe need some clarification from Martin on that. But so so is is he saying that the the you know where lists are getting cheaper, 
it's getting cheaper because you're now on your core is getting cheaper and so now because you're under the limit you're gonna have to respend those points on core is that is that the argument yeah essentially so an example of this was uh my strigoilist went down 63 points or something like that uh but 50 of those points or 40 something points were was from core so i actually i just had to move stuff around in core to get back up to the limit and then i had what like 10 15 points to spend elsewhere which was a musician on vampire nights <laughs> that was that was basically where the points went I, I don't think that's the case across the board but i think in, in most cases uh a lot of people's lists have actually changed just re- like most substantially in core i don't know about you guys did you guys feel that as well when you were looking at your lists no, but I'm part of the Broken Ogres crew now. So. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah, I think um, I would agree in that it is going to, in some cases, just mean that you rejig core um, and you don't really have to change that much in your list. But I think that's that can be interesting enough to change some builds. Maybe not in things like Horde Armies where it's just a couple of more bodies, but like in one of my lists, it basically changed my core setup from nine bruisers and two darts to nine bruisers, five tribesmen and one dart. So it just meant that, oh, actually, some of the units have gone down. So I can actually turn one dart into a small bunker. Right. And that changes how that unit works a little bit. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously a decision that I've made in terms of how I want that list to run, but... At least I can I can make that change, and I'm still not spending that much more points over core, and I'm keeping my core eleven to really minimal. So yeah. I guess in some ways it'll change more armies, but yeah, I don't. I think the I don't think it's a huge change. I think if if they're really looking at wanting to encourage rank and file more, then that's going to have to be larger, more systematic changes rather than just point tweaks. But that was never really the going to be achievable just with the end of year points update anyway yeah I, I have a question for you two about this actually if, if i can if i can jump in you're uh, not allowed what? you're a guest <laughs> <laughs> no nah, i'm gonna get mango for it. Um, so so when we're talking about i was thinking about how they could promote rank and file in a better way um and i disagree maybe this isn't my Martin's point but i disagree with the idea that you um, can't promote rank and file play by reducing core. I think that's actually exactly how you should promote it. If you make these core units cheaper, and these core units are always these rank and file, you're going to see more and more units of them on the board just to even hit that points limit to get in the game. Um, and then just because m- by virtue of that, more of your battle line is going to be made up of these mm. kind of more anvil style units, um, which I think changes the role of your heavy hitters a bit more because you have to make sure that they're in the right place because it's not just a matter of you know rotating your rock or or your dragon you know 180 degrees and just zooming it in the other direction you've got to think a bit more about where it's where they're placed because they have to navigate these kind of immovable bricks mm-hmm. um, and I, I guess my question is does ninth age become more rank and file if you just halved the points cost of every core unit and kept the the requirement the same, because then you're just saturating the map with core units. Do you encourage larger units by reducing the points of core units? Is that what you're asking? 
or, or more units, larger, larger units or more medium-sized units, I guess. Just more dedication to, to your, your core. I think there's definitely something in that, right? And like, if you look at core units, the way core units are priced, core units are priced in a way because they are core. So you do actually end up paying a bit more for a unit because it is core. For yeah. example, if a unit of heavy infantry wasn't in core, they would not be priced the same as what they are if they were a special choice. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think there's a bit of an argument in that. And this, there was a debate about this a couple of years ago about how core is priced. And it's actually gone away a bit on the form, but if you looked for it, I'm pretty sure you would find it. Um, so, I'd, I'd, yeah, I do think there's probably something in that and that they can probably achieve actually quite a lot with pricing. But I think there's certain mechanics in the game that make, unless you've got army rules to help you, I think there's certain mechanics in the game which just mean that massive units can be more of a liability than they're worth. Yeah. But I don't know, is that kind of offset by cost in some instances? I don't know. What do you think, Paul? Um, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know enough about game design to probably answer that, but I feel like just relying on points, I feel like you lose something. I feel like you need to look at the rules and change how like mechanically things work like that. Like you say, certain armies are going to have specific rules to help in different situations like that for sticking in combat and maybe interacting with how core rules like steadfast work but I don't know I think I think there does need to be some kind of fundamental change that affects everybody the same way I don't know if you need to look at how steadfast works and maybe tweak that somehow just to help reward larger units but then you, you run into the, the argument of well, how do you affect, how does that affect CAV and things like that in the game yeah because and CAV it, obviously have a major problem with breaking units and yeah. I think that's generally why people don't run as much cab as they might or when they do it's little MSU scoring type units um, so I, I really I really don't know is the answer yeah and that's one of the kind of wider guy uh, game guy um, game design <laughs> <laughs> I swear I'm not even finished my, my one beer I'm not even um, I, th I think that's one of the, the wider game design issues the team has and that the, as far as everything they've released, they are not looking at the main rules for the foreseeable future. So in a lot of ways, this is kind of window shopping rather than and actually talking about concrete change. But like cavalry is in a bad place in the game because apart from little scoring darts and things like that, cavalry does not function like cavalry should on a battlefield. Apart from KOE, where, again, it's army, army book rules which help them get around that with the lance formation. Like when's the last time you saw units of 10 cavalry for the for the you know specific purpose of breaking units in combat you just don't see them because they can't do that in the game yeah. mechanics to answer your question i don't know i, uh, I don't know um but i do think that doing stuff like this points update especially them targeting additional model pricing is a good way to find out if it is actually feasible to change uh change how people are, are writing lists yeah so on that note, do you want to start talking a bit about our specific armies? So yeah. we've already teased the ogres, so let's let's talk about ogres first. So what were the big changes for you guys, and, and where do you think the army is sitting now after this points update? For me, the big change was there wasn't actually that many big changes. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
so there were some obvious um, culprits that were targeted that I think everyone expected. Um, things like Mammoth Hunters getting more expensive. Um, obviously, Mammoth Hunters are super popular, super effective. Um, although the minimum or the maximum requirement went down to two per army, you can still take four in a Wild Heart list. And if you want to spam Mammoth Hunters, that's where you're, that's where you're going to do it. Because yeah. it also reduces your core allowance. So you've got more points available for your characters. <laughs> um, and with the change to special items, like we've mentioned, it's another buff. Like You can have three Mammoth Hunters with good armor saves and all four plus special saves. Like It's, it's perfectly doable. Yeah. Um, Troll Eater went up five points. It's still good. Everyone's going to yeah. take it. Um, Headhunter went up five points, which Headhunter is really good, but I just I don't see it that often. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I was surprised to see Headhunter go up. Um, but it's only five points, so it's not really a big deal. Leader of the pack and the Vanguard option on the Mammoth Hunter going up five points each. It's like, meh, you're still going to take it. Kin Eaters going up five points. I kind of get that. I think Kin Eaters are getting a little bit more popular, but it's still only five points. And then everything else, apart from a couple of the monsters, went down. Any other changes? Like they were really the only big ones. Like a rocker up going up to five hundred points. Like I, I, even at four ninety, a rocker up for me wasn't worth it. Like I've kind of gone off them. I don't think they're worth four ninety points. They're just too charge dependent. Frenzy fucks them. Doesn't matter if your general or BSB is nearby. They're gonna fail. They're like spawn. As soon as you put them on the table, it's like they're gonna go off and do their own thing. The great weapon on the slave giant that went up five points, which. I kind of get is getting more popular because single models and other monsters are so popular that having a strength 7 giant is quite good. Um, but I was mainly surprised with just things like Merkvets getting cheaper and like, Tuskers getting cheaper. Both of those got significantly cheaper as well. This isn't like little points drops. Me and Jointy had an interesting conversation about Tuskers at the last 3k event. I really like them, and I think you're of the same opinion, Jonty. You really like Tuskers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, going back to the Rock Aura question, the reason I don't take a Rock Aura is because I think three Tuskers are better. I think they've got scoring, they've got great weapons. Well, if anything, I would have thought they might have been up in points. I mean, if you want to run four, because there are only three wounds. Okay, the rest five, but there are three wounds, so you're paying nine points. You're getting that. You're getting a nine-point unit, which start talking about Cav again, and if you just start chipping away at them, they do lose a lot of combat effectiveness. So this is why I always run units of four. Just because you have that little bit of redundancy. So you are spending 600 points for a unit of four with a banner, command, and all that kind of stuff. So it's a chunk of your army, but they're still really fucking good, and I don't know why they've gone down in. The general consensus I've seen on the forums is that pe- people don't like them, and I, and I, I that was I think that when if you're talking about the same conversation I'm thinking of, mm. we would the whole conversation focused around are we stupid for liking Tuskers because everyone else seems to think they're absolute dog shit. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I overwhelmingly my feeling from looking at this points adjustment is that I must be a very um, suboptimal ogre player because all, <laughs> stuff, like, all all of the stuff i like the merc vets the tuskers yeah. and the mammoth has gone down even viper's curse like this is just like, <laughs> yeah um my you know my core the bruises losing one point i like that they're now 75 rather than 76 just because again ocd but my list has gotten stronger i think the like i've been playing around with lists which have two 
blocks of Merc Vets before this update. So this is just, you know, I can chuck in some more chaff now. Yeah. Well, that list that ran against you, Andrew, with Ogres, um, with the Pyro Adept in it. Yeah. Um, I can get a Kinnear in that list now. Oh, good. So I've somehow managed to get 180 points in that list. Fucking hell. And I've I've maybe tweaked some other things, but I've maybe lost like a cat, so I've maybe saved 80 points, but I've still managed... I mean, a Kinnear is better than a fucking Sabretooth. So that's like a huge buff just in that alone on that list. So I, I don't really understand the ogre book changes, to be honest. I think they're, they've somehow managed to come out better than they were, and they were already solid. I think this, I think if there was any doubt about how good the ogre book was, um, I think they're definitely top tier now, just yeah. between <laughs> this and the, and the magic book. Like, I don't think it's debatable now. I think they're, they're nails. Yeah, I don't know if it's because you guys are the two ogre players I play most often, but I was the same when I was reading through it. I was like, everything that you guys use is got cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> and even like the Mammoth Hunter, I mean, we've already talked about this, but like, when you look at the, the change log, the, the Mammoth Hunter update seems pretty big. And that, you know, the, the base cost went up 20 points and, and both Vanguard options went up 5 points. So you're talking 25 points, basically, on on top of... Uh, sorry, basically 25 points increase, basically, across the board. But then when you consider things like uh, the Destiny's Call and Essence of Mithril changes, and, like, the, the caps aren't really caps, I don't feel like. Like, if you were taking a non-Wild Heart list, you were probably taking two or three hunters anyway, so, okay, you lose one hunter, but now you can make sure that both your hunters have got a four-up special save. Whereas you couldn't really do that before, could you? Unless you... Uh, could you no. take that? No, you can I do mean, that, because Death Eater's heavy armor. Yeah, so... The thing, like, a non-Wild Heart list... I mean, I'm not someone that spends a lot of points on characters anyway, but if I, if I were, if I wasn't taking a Wild Heart list, I don't see why you would want to take more than two... Mammoth Hunters, because neither of them can be a general or a BSB, and you've got no magic. So you still need to spend points on another general and a wizard, or a BSB. Yeah. I think I think me and Paul are quite different ogre players as well, despite liking generally the same stuff in the list. Because um, I, I, I rely quite a lot on Powder Keg, whereas obviously you can't mm. take that with Wildheart. Yeah. Um. I I really like leader of the pack and just using the cats as using the saber tooth tigers as core because then you've got two especially on UB where I'm not really tied down by my modeling. Um. Just having two blocks of ten or eight saber tooths and immediately vanguarding them up because they've got two mammoth hunters in even in a non wild heart list is quite useful for putting some early pressure on and again it's just taking points out of core. Yeah. Yeah. And cats are actually good in combat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As my vampire spawn found out to their detriment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um yeah, they've they've came out really well on this update. I don't really understand the changes. Yeah. Some of them I get, but then with the other changes they're just negated anyway, so I don't really get it. Okay, so two ogre players very happy with this update. Yeah. Yeah, two okay. thumbs up. Okay, okay. Right. We'll leave ogres there for now then. Uh, and we'll go to one of the Shall we say that the losers, or although it's kind of dubious whether they are the losers, uh, Paul, do you want to talk to us about Warriors? Because they were definitely one of the factions who were targeted in this update. Yeah, so, I mean, I've not played Warriors. I think I played Warriors once this year, or last year. Wow. 
So I actually feel a little bit out of the loop when it comes to Warriors, just because I've been concentrating on Ogres. But certainly seeing... I mean, everyone's been jumping on the fucking bandwagon. So I've I've played against them more than I've actually played them myself. And, you know, Feldrax are obviously the the big talking point and how everyone was just spamming fuck out of them. Especially at 3K. Yes, I am talking about you, Matt fucking <laughs> Paris. I'm going to take two units of six. So them going up in points isn't uh, a surprise. Uh, so base cost for three Feldrax are now 330 points. They've gone up 15. And then if you want to take additional models, it's an additional five points. I'm surprised they've put paired weapons up and not halberds. Paired weapons are obviously very good on Feldrax, but I feel like halberds were more common. But that just could be just from the lists that I've played against and the lists that I've seen. Um, I thought they may have gone up in points. Maybe they felt like the the base cost and the additional models were enough because generally people were running units of six. I, I was talking to some people in, in, who who were involved in the the points changing process, and they were saying that whilst there's this quantitative approach of like what 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 are we seeing more and what are we seeing less of, there's also just the subjective which units do, they ask these experts you know wh- which units are really overpowered, and that that I think has final say over it. So although it's like a guided approach, it's still there's still a qualitative element to it. So it might just be that. Okay. I'm glad to see that Chosen and Chosen Knights gone down in price. Um, I think certainly in the past with Feldrax being so good, there's definitely been problems with internal balance and Chosen Knights have always kind of competed with Feldrax. And it's it's nice to see that they, they've come down in price. I don't know if it's going to be enough um, so the base cost has gone down 15 and additional models have gone down 10. So if you want to run a unit of 5, um, you've basically saved um, 45 points, which is nothing to be sneezed at, especially with the reduction on command. You've saved another 30 there. So I guess every, every little helps. Um, they still work out as more expensive than Feldrax. So. My, from again, outside... Like Feldrax were the issue with the book and the Warriors, I would say, in terms of the, they were just they're incredibly points efficient for what they do. Yeah. And both the changes to Feldrax and Feldrax Elder seems pretty minor. And I don't know if that's just because I'm a salty non Warrior player. He's had his <laughs> face kicked in by Feldrax repeatedly this year. But like, if I was making a Warriors list, I'm not put off by either the changes to Feldrax or Feldrax Elders. 435 for Feldrax Elder is still a steal for what it is. And 330 points for three Feldrax is insane <laughs> value still, I think. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, they're still strong. I guess this is the thing, though. Like, it's just how much debuff them by. And I don't know, or debuff them by. And I don't know if in the past they've made the mistake of just going too far with certain things. Yeah, so and that's, if, that's a fair point. I don't know if they're just trying to be a little bit more gentle i mean they have said that um similarly to like the, the previous updates they'll revisit these in three or four months and it'll primarily just be typos and just very small almost insignificant changes but i feel like in that three or four month period if people are still spamming the shit out of Feldrax, i won't be surprised if the points go up again i'm very sad to see that wretched ones and forsaken ones have gone up in price <laughs> <laughs> And I'm also even sadder at the the, the prospect of Battle Shrines going up in price by 25 points. 
Yeah, that was quite uh, a big change. I didn't really think Battle Shrines were that big a deal. But... Uh, they're, they're just, I mean, for 285 points for what you get on them, they're again, they're just very good. Okay. I had a, a Res 5 5 wound model with 3 up armor save and a 5 up Aegis with 2 wretched ones carrying it and then you get a spell and it has a banner. It's just got, you can put any unit it's, it's quite versatile for that points cost. Like You could throw that into something and, and think there's a chance you could stick. So, uh, yeah, it, I mean, I, I say all this very selfishly because this changes my last random mover list and I can't fit everything in it that I had in it before. So that makes me sad. Mm. Lust going up on Warriors is, was expected because before you could run the three units of 10 in core with Lust and that'd be your minimum core. And Lust on Warriors is just so incredibly good. Yeah, I'm glad to see Knights went down, kind of like what we were saying before, Cav... Um, aren't necessarily in a great spot, so maybe that'll encourage larger units. Chosen Chariots kind of got hit. Um, they've kind of gone up in base cost, as have Envy, Greed, and Lust. Um, they've all gone up by 10 to 15 points each, so it's actually quite big. I think they were getting a little bit more popular. I think with single models being so good, people were kind of looking at them as alternatives to monsters. Yeah, like um, many monsters. Yeah, I mean, having two Chosen on the back of the Chariot um, that's res 5 and has got a 2 up armor save um, you're, you're still dishing out 6 offensive skills, 6 attacks in combat so more reliable hitting power than a monster probably um, unless you've got grind attacks or something like that but I'd say um, the other big change I think is the born important change um, does that 10 points reduction um, I think with certain builds what that allows now is you actually to be able to take a flaming aegis mm. which you couldn't before um, but yeah, I think, as we've said, the, the big culprits, the big things that have been hit are Fieldrax, um and they've tried to offset the internal balance between them and the other elite stuff and making them a bit cheaper. Yeah. I like the, the fact that they've taken Wrath down on Chosen as well. It's nice, because I know Great Weapon Wrath guys are fucking insane, but they were so incredibly expensive. So that's good. Yeah, quite a big change for them, um, the, the Chosen, I think. The only other thing was the Skywheel, which you also mentioned earlier, just because of the changes to Destiny's Call and Essence of Mithril. And I, I saw a couple of people moan about that on the forum as well. Um, and I don't know if that's actually intentional, to be honest. It I probably isn't. I'd, I'd, yeah. I would be very surprised if they've considered every specific combo um, in the game. But, I, yeah. I mean, that would be an easy fix if they thought that was a problem. They could just turn South Skywheel into a beast or something like that, or... Yeah. Just make it standard inventory that flies. Doesn't really matter. Yeah. And then Zealot's banner going down ten points is a good change for big units of warriors. Yeah, I mean it's. I think if you wanted the Zealot banner, you I mean, you were going to take it anyway. Yeah. You were going to take it anyway, but it is nice that you're saving ten points because now that is the difference between having a a banner on a unit and not having a banner. So that's yeah. actually pretty big. What, what's that? What's that fucking banner that turns the ruins flaming? I, that that <laughs> the wasteland torch that didn't get yeah. touched. That's still that like should have been thirty points or whatever it is. Top of the fucking so list. good. So good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think the the thing that puts people off about that is that it it automatically gives you flaming attacks in the first round of combat, and so naturally everyone thinks, oh, but then what if I fight something that's got an inbuilt flaming aegis? But really, you're talking about like three or four things in the game. It's not that super common. It's Rhymonites and Feldrax. And all of ID. That is very true. All of ID. 
<laughs> That's a hard counter. <laughs> I mean, idea a hard counter to um, everything. I think it's only game, a five-up page save, though, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So if you stick it on a unit of group weapon barbs, yeah, you know, it's still probably all right because yeah. you're going to fuck up their armor, which is the main thing. Awesome. So overall, should warriors players be happy? Have I they got away with it? As we've said, I, the prices have gone up on the things that we expected to. So I don't think it's a, a surprise and. I think certain things are still going to be very popular, so I don't know how much of an effect it is. Hopefully, it'll just it'll just be enough though that it'll change up some builds, and you'll see some slightly different units getting taken. Because I mean, the Warrior book is fucking huge as well. There's yeah. shit tons in that book. Yeah, it would be nice to see a little bit more variety. Okay, um, so let's stick in the top tier then, and let's go to Vampire <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if you look at the tournament there, we are actually very <laughs> mid tier. And uh... what was well, there, so there were there were three three Highborn units elves. that were t- it was highborn elves. Okay, yeah. that, that 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 was something that I was surprised to not see Vermin in the official top three. I think because there's there's like five books which are there or thereabouts. So there's like ogres, warriors, vermin, demons, and highborn. And depending on which kind of national scene you look at. Those are the ones right. that are there or thereabouts in, in the top. And obviously you've got outliers where like, so like Chris Mintz in the States is just an insanely good player and he plays Vampire Kids, so he's always a bit there and thereabouts. And there's like, there was old Dread Elf players who were like, the book was commonly seen as crap, but they were very good. So they were kind of dragging up a wee bit. So it does depend a little bit, but uh, yeah, so those are the kind of the big, the big five, I think, at the top. And I don't know how they decided on the, on the three that they did. Uh, with Ogres, Warriors, and uh, the Ogres, Warriors, and Highborn was that the official three, or yeah. were Demons? Yeah, it was Highborn. Highborn. Um, I don't know how they decided on on those. Yeah, three, I don't. But... I mean, I know. Yeah, it's not getting a conversation on how they use data and shit in this game. But yeah, I mean, it's purely as the answer, I think. Yeah, all three <laughs> of those books are strong. Like they yeah. could have, they could have. I'm sure Beast Herds aren't far away from that either. Oh, I don't know. If you look on the Beast Herds form, they're shit. If you look on the Dwarven Hold forum, they're saying they're shit. And they're, oh, they're, well, we're, we're going to be talking about Dwarves in a minute, don't you worry? <laughs> you look at their points changes. All in good time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right, let's chat about the rats first then. So, yes. John, do you want to walk us through the changes to the Berman's one? Um, yeah, I, I think the big the big change that people that I, that people have, I've, I've seen people talking about it, is the, the 20 points increase to the Vermin Demon. I think... The Vermin Demon is something that people either never leave home without, or they just never touch. I'm, I, I, I'm kind of ambivalent to it. Again, going back to the point about me being a suboptimal player across the board, <laughs> I kind of, I, I think it's a cool. I, th- I think for fluffier lists, I think it's a fun thing to have. But I, I, in in all honesty, it's quite hard. I'm, I'm looking forward to Vermin being overhauled quite drastically because i think in its current state the army is it's just a bit of everything and and it's 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 too flexible and too broad i think to to properly balance by tiny tweaks to the points cost so outside of the the vermin demon increase in 20 you've got the dreadmill going up by 10 and the abomination going up by 15 so you've got those two big single models coming up a bit but i mean I'd still the abomination is still so good for three four five, and the dreadmill is still pretty good for three fifty. Yeah, Vermin players I think should be very happy about this because the army's still 
very very strong and the, the the usual suspects of units that are very very powerful like plague disciples and what we went through earlier they're still very cheap you know i'm i i was there anything that stood out to you guys and uh, that you were kind of hoping would go up more or down less a lot of it's just reduced reductions in points i just uh yeah i mean i guess the big thing was plague disciples right they only went up 10 points so 190 yeah. to 200 and like so is that now. They're fixed now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, perfectly balanced. <laughs> I, the, I get, I, I totally get that they're a hard unit to price effectively because they are basically naked guys, right? So if you go in a, a shooting matchup, I mean, they do have hard target because they're very bullshit and they have every fucking rule under the sun. <laughs> so, they, they, but like, they are a bit matchup dependent, and by matchup dependent, I mean that they're still good against everything. I don't even know where I'm going. I'm trying to defend them, man. I'm not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I keep getting flashbacks of the unit profile in my head. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Um, I found that this is the only defense mechanism as a vermin player is to try and trick people into defending your units for yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not working because I just don't feel that people were taking like three units of them before. They're not going to stop taking three units of them before because it costs 30 points more. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I. Something something that I've been playing around with on UB is the Vermin Hulk. The Vermin Hulks and this points the points yeah. reduction they've had to additional models is very very tasty for that. You know, having some I think Fraz might have pointed out to me that you can take one of the banners that Vermin have. I mean, they get fight an extra rank if they have more ranks than the unit they're in combat with, mm-hmm. and if they have double the number of ranks, they get an extra fight an extra rank. Big, there's a big kind of interplay there if if you take a big block of vermin hulk say 12 with four ranks you know you're you you can be churning out <laughs> fucking hell it's a big boy yeah yeah with 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 a bsb in there that unit is not very expensive it's going to come out at about maybe 700 points for a 12 of them and that's strength five the three attacks each they got battle focus like there's a lot going on there um but again it just feels a bit premature with with the lab just around the corner, or maybe not just around the corner, but in the new year. I guess it's, that's the the caveat, right? That yeah. this is all changing, so don't read too much in it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, I find it really hard to care. Partly one because it's vermin, and partly <laughs> two because I don't play this book. And then also the fact that I know what the new book looks like. It's still you know months out, but I mean. Time flies. I mean, I can remember back to when we were talking about the the ID book, and yeah. we've got we've got fucking dread elves out, and this has been worked on, so it's not a million miles away. So I kind of feel like meh when it comes to this. Like maybe that was why they didn't want to change it too much. Still going to see the same things getting taken. Then maybe they're just of the opinion that well, hopefully in four months or five months or whatever their timetable is, you're going to have a new book anyway and it's all going to be completely different. So Yeah, yeah I feel bad. As I'm the vermin enthusiast. I've been brought on as like the vermin enthusiast and my response to the vermin book has been, yeah, I, I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll wait and see, but it, it doesn't help that me and Andrew don't play the book and we don't play against it very often, so we, we can't really comment very much on this. I mean, that'll, that'll all change soon enough, guys. Next time I was going to say, we, we play against it enough. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, I mean, it's still, yeah, as you say, 10 points on Plague Disciples, big whoop to fucking do. Like, whose idea was that? 
was uh, was the biggest the biggest points increase or de- the biggest points change I've seen is twenty. Is there any is there anything that has gone up more than that for that clock? Because I think you know obviously this is minor tweaks and twenty must be the you know a major minor tweak. But oh, twenty is the highest I can see in terms of points. Uh, I was going to say twenty five, but I actually think it's twenty. The one I was thinking of, I was thinking of the Taurusaur. It went up twenty. So I think uh, going off that, you know, there's a few things in the Vermin book that's gone up quite a lot but i don't you know they're still very very good the vermin demon i think is probably one of the best units in the game and for 870 it's still fine yeah and i guess that's another thing that the the changes a lot of them will be percentages of the cost so like some of the changes are are clearly just five or ten points and that's them kind of like ballpark figuring it but then there's others which have gone down like three points and things like that. And my understanding of it is, is that that's because they think it's like one or two percent off costing. So it's about right. Mm-hmm. Whereas the ones where it's a bit bigger is kind of more ballpark figures. Got it. Whether that's entirely accurate or not, I don't know. But that's what my understanding of it is. Um, right. So, so Vermin, we don't really care because, again, a new book is essentially the conclusion we've reached. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, right, will I talk about vampires? Yeah, go on then. Oh, here we uh, go. <laughs> we got away with it, lads. <laughs> Look at all these green arrows, Andrew. What the fuck? I know, right? Well, I go into the vampire form, and it's full of people moaning the vampires are bad, and that the book's bad. And you have even, like, good players, like people I recognise, going on there and moaning that the book's bad. And I don't think I'm playing the same book as them. Because I think the book's good. And... I think it's one of the few books in the game where every entry, bar the corpse cart, because the corpse cart is gash, and, <laughs> and, and the fell wraith, he's pretty shit as well. I've tried to make him work, but he doesn't. Everything else is playable, and everything else makes its way into competitive lists. So I don't think there's many other books that have as good internal balance as vampires do. Uh, so the changes are all, I mean, they're all pretty good. The, the big um, nerf and I say that, it's not even that big a nerf, was the Dark Coach, which everyone kind of saw coming, and it went up five points. Hold on, Janus's boys. <laughs> and to drive home the point, they made the Stubborn upgrade, which can only be taken with one Karstein, which has never taken another five points more expensive. So again, no one cares. Shriek and Horror went up ten points to 500, which I think is fine. Good. And... Uh, from an OCD point of view, I actually love this change because Vampire Knights went down slightly for additional models. And Winged Reapers took quite a big points decrease. They got 15 <laughs> points off. Nobody's going to take them because they're still shit. I'm surprised they didn't also give them fucking... Another uh, extra rule. An extra, like, two or four <laughs> rules to, like, go on to them. They're almost like... We had this conversation before, like, they're like your version of Feldrax, but they're just not as good. But they have probably more rules. <laughs> yeah. Imagine the Feldrax crippled cousin. Yeah. That just like has nothing going for them in life. They just are constantly unlucky in life. That is the the, the Wing Reaper. Like, and I mean, they're not bad. It's just it's just everything else in the book is better. Yeah. I don't think like if well, you pick them up and put them in another book at that points cost, people would probably take them. Yeah, but they would they would take them because they're not autonomous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you put it in a book where they're not undead anymore, do you know what I mean? I just mean like stat-wise yeah, yeah. and the number of rules they've got. They're just they, they don't seem bad on paper, but when you look at the other things in the same category, 
it just they don't seem as good for the points. Yeah. I mean, I think what I was going to say is that there's, from an OCD point of view, there's a lovely balance now in Swift Death where, apart from the Varkalats, who are a bit cheaper, the a unit of three Winged Reapers with one of the weapon upgrades, a unit of five Vampire Knights with full command, and a Shrieking Horror are all around 500 points, and then six Vampire Spawn are all 500 points. So there's a, like a nice kind of swapping in and out of units because they're yeah, all like roughly that. roughly the same price, which actually makes list building so much easier. And a lot of the changes in the vampire book, especially they've they've changed points from like like twenty four points to twenty five or twelve to fifteen. And it just makes writing lists easier <laughs> from oh, a really that's... like Minor point. That's a big point change. Cadaver wagons. Yeah, I've just, I've just clocked that as well. Fifty-five points. Fifty-five points. The, oh yeah, that was winner. I guess one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> guess oh, what? Shit. No one's going to take it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that? We could make it ten points, and folks still wouldn't take it for chaff because it's slow. Okay. It's just yeah, yeah. I can understand. Like they've made it very clear before that they're not going to unit design in these updates, which is fine. So they keep making it cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. I think at one point it was 400 points and no one was taking it. And it's 250 points and no one's going to take it. Your great bats, their additional models have gone down so you can run your units of six. No, the, the great bats are the, the special ones. They're the big ones, not oh, the bats ones. Well, your yeah. bats worms, they went down as well. You can yeah, they went down five six. points as well. So I could take those big fuck off units and take up half your deployment. Did you, did you see Varkalax went down in price? No, no, they're the same. Thank fuck, I was about yeah, to... Yeah, no, no, they're the same. But yeah, I mean, the big change is, so obviously the, the tweak to Dark uh, dark Witches and Chicken Horrors, the big ones, uh, and then a, a bunch of the Blood Powers went down in points. Um, Strigoi went down, so both the Ghoul Lord and the Flying Horror went down by 10 points each, which is awesome for me, obviously. Fuck but, that flying guy. Fuck that guy. Such a sexy boy. <laughs> such, such a, a sexy boy. How many points did he take off you when we played last time? Right, moving on. We're talking about uh, demons now, is it? Demon book? <laughs> He's taken off my army as well. He's what taken off he, all of mine. What did he kill in our last game? He killed the Mammoth Hunter and did he get Oh, yeah, he did. He charged a, a dart and it fleed. Fled off. Like, yeah, like 12 inches and bounced out of unit and went off the table. Yeah, so I'll take that. I don't know if he did anything else after that. Basically, it just kept me out of uh, secondary because I couldn't get my dart onto the the token and then you yeah. basically raised your ghouls at an unholy rate and it basically turned the combat they were in so yeah sad times sexy sexy boy yeah. but i think the the strigoi stuff's gone down and uh, as a direct reaction to id uh because strigoi mm. a lot of people all of vampire players yeah. aren't taking strigoi because there's so much flaming kicking about uh so it's only just me <laughs> but the other big thing that <laughs> so like Ghouls went because down of ID and the fucking Westland Torch, no one's taking that guy anymore. <laughs> exactly, and I'm like, I'll take them. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. And like, ghouls went down a point. Don't think they needed that. No, they didn't. Nope. Did you get that yeah, raise I mean, value sorted out, man? I know it. It needs to be two d six plus four. <laughs> d six plus four. Fuck, fuck me. <laughs> I know, right? It's brutal. It's bro. It's the same. It's like again, this is the issue with skeletons in the book. Although skeletons did go down. They went down two points to eight points, which I think is good. And yeah. I think you might start seeing bigger units of scallons now. So I think the risk is now that scallons are going to push out zombies for little bunker units. Like in my list, 
a unit I've t- I've dropped a unit of twenty or thirty zombies for a unit of twenty skeletons, full command, and a relentless banner from an Necro Town. Yeah, it's, it's just a better unit, and it's it was forty points more expensive than my zombies were before. So yeah, I mean the other the other point changes are all pretty minor. The I thought the eight man unit of direwolves would get hit, but actually they ended up getting a point cheaper because their additional models went up three points. So you they were going to tax you an extra nine points for core, but then you were always going to take the champion because of shenanigans. Because of that's such points. a good rule for reasons. <laughs> so actually they got cheaper and easier to fit into core because they're now one three five rather than one three six. <laughs> so stupid. Such bullshit. Um, I don't understand how that's even carried over in at this game. Because from a legacy point of view, I would understand it if it was like a modeling concern. But who the fuck is modeling a champion direwolf? No. Well, actually, Games Workshop <laughs> released a 1990 direwolf. What was it called? The Doom Wolf. Is the... Yeah, but GW will release any fucking thing that's made of plastic because <laughs> they know people like Martin will buy it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think Direwolf should have champion. I'll have that. I mean, I think I've already been on record to say that. I think it's stupid. But is that is that your um, first prediction for whenever they do the vampire book? That that'll be. The oh, I, they have to get rid of it. They have to. It's so stupid. I mean, I'm going to continue to abuse the shit out of it as long as it's <laughs> quick, but it's so stupid. Um, yeah, you I mean, have fucking banner bearers when the new book comes. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Full command. Um, yeah, the other chain. I mean, the barrel, the barrel king. He was the other one that people thought would go down. Uh, sorry, go up. He actually went down 10 points base cost, and then his steed went up 10 points. And everyone was using him as cowboy, so he actually stayed the same, so it was a bit of a pointless change, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, so I think overall, like, VC got away with it. Um, the kind of stuff that everyone thought would get hit didn't. And there's a couple quite tasty changes. Um, things corp like... The, I mean, the corp... No one's taking corp. <laughs> the vampire count went up 10 points, which is a bit unexpected, but things like a lot of the blood powers went down. So, like, blood magic was one that I was going to point out. So this is the ancient power for Nosferatu, and it's gone down 10 points to 50 points. And with this blood power, you have to be Nosferatu, which comes with its own negatives, but it basically you choose a magic path at the start of each round, and for that magic path, the, the model and all models within 12 uh, get minus 2 to cast spells from that path, plus the hereditary. So the the reason I was saying this about the dragon earlier was that you can have uh, a, a Nosferatu count on a dragon, even just an adept, with blood magic, and it, he's basically one or two dice in everything from occultism and the hereditary to heal himself. And he gets around the whole kind of negative Nosferatu that they're bad in combat because he's on a fucking dragon. <laughs> so that's the next salt line sorted? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. I'm going to try that out. I think it's, it's potentially... I mean, I don't know if I, it is. I guess, I guess the, to play devil's advocate, I mean, you're, you can obviously have multiple cheap heals with that build, right? Yeah. But is that what you're going to inevitably be spending all your dice on? Because everyone's going to be throwing the kitchen sink at that guy because he's going to be such a point sink. Potentially. And actually, that build hasn't changed in price because the, the count went up 10 points. Right, okay. And Blood Magic went down 10 points. So it's actually the same. Um, uh, is that why all of them have gone down 10 points? Pretty much all, yeah, across the Yeah, board, all the ones that were like the, yeah. not as popular. Um, so again, I don't really see what the point is, to be totally honest. 
however, stuff like the the flying horror upgrades because the courtiers went down five points that actually works out as a 15 point decrease for my flying guy so you you guys can write your salt letters now and i'll uh i'll take a look at them. so yeah overall i think the the vampire update was was good and the stuff that was the kind of and they're kind of similar to what the other books we just chatted about the stuff that everyone thought would be bad actually got away with it okay still filth yep. um moving on what do you want to do now demons yeah john did you want to was there anything in demons that you wanted to pick out? Um, so th- there were there were a few things. I there are actually a few things I, I quite liked in in the demon changes that I actually thought in terms of the aim of trying to move people towards rank and file and away from these single models that are kind of dominating the meta at the moment. I thought the demon legions book did a pretty good job because all all of the characters, which are kind of these heavy hitting single model units like the Scourge, the Sentinel, and, and the Moor, and stuff like that, they're, they're going up by, you know, 20, 25, 25 again, and 20. So, so I think I think that, that is a good thing. I think people, if people are going to have these souped-up characters that are kind of on their own, out of a unit, charging stuff, that they, they, they need to be kind of penalised that to bring it more into rank and file. But But outside of that, I, again, I'm 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 more unfamiliar with demons because most of my experience with them so far has been playing against them and painting them. I haven't um, quite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Points costs might not be the most relevant <laughs> if you've just been painting them. Then I'm just like this. This model is pretty. I will paint it. Um, I but... think this model's going to go up twenty points. I'm going to paint his belt blue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I think look, looking at it, I think there's the I think it's the the demon legions ar- armies that I've seen are generally quite MSUE, maybe maybe MMU, and and this this makes that playstyle a little bit less appealing. I guess there's a balance, right? Because demons, because they don't have a monster section, their monster section is their character section. Yeah, like, it's such a a focal point for the army. You can't really penalize them too much because it's part of the army, right? Um, yeah. So I mean, them going up twenty points. They've not put up all the characters. It's really just been, like you say, the larger standalone ones. The fact that they've put the, the courtesan down is really just an, an internal balance thing. Obviously, that one isn't getting the same level of play that the other ones are. But, I mean, again, the Demon Book, I know it's super popular and it's it's doing really well, but it's just not something that we play against very often. So no. I can't will really say, say much about how well these changes reflect what should get changed. I think it's bullshit that hoarders have gotten cheaper. What? Ten points cheaper for three. Oh, okay, but the additional models have gone up. Yeah. But I, th- I think they've. I, 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 and maybe again, suboptimal player here, but they should be running darts. I don't know why you wouldn't run them in one by three. I Is think it they... just because the static would hurt them too much and they'd crumble because they're demons. But you're not getting many hits off because they're only forty wide, and they're 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 good. Yeah. But then does that, I mean, I guess with with the, the builds that people are with hoarders, right? I mean, like, mirrored scales has gone up for a reason. Yeah. So if yeah. you limit the frontage, there's less attacks on you, but you kind of yeah. want the attacks because you want to be making the saves for the auto hits back. Maybe that was the rationale. I don't know. There you go. Watch this. Everyone's going to be running them one by three now. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Johnny's little. Yeah. I think, hot, I think, I, st- I still think hoarders as darts with mirrored scales is brutal. I think they're, they're, I don't think there's many units that can 
take them off. What is what is the, the build? It's like six hoarders with mirrored skills, and you also take the other one. Um, fuck, what's the other one called? The one that gives you the armor save. So you get a five up armor save. You've got five up um, Aegis, and then you're doing the auto hits back. And then the hoarders are the ones that do the grinds in subsequent rounds, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're just a nightmare to shift. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that will be a change. I think you're right, though. It's certainly an army that there's a lot of single models. Like the chariots and stuff are very popular just because they're so, so cheap. And having even like some people like running the shooting units, and you only run like multiple units of ten and stuff. So it does seem to lend itself fairly well to MSU. Mm. Nothing too really major though, right? It's really just the characters that have got the big big changes. The Sentinel and the Kucha going up to six eight five. That's a fucking a lot of points for what he is. He, you get him as a master. Yeah. Off the bat, which with some of the other ones you don't. You've got to pay for that on top of the base cost. And I guess he's just his magic output is is awesome. Yeah. They're a hard book to learn. There's there's just so much going on and. They're so customizable as well that lists can be so radically different that even if you play against them ten times, you can still not really know what the fuck is going on. Okay, so demons, we don't really know what's going on. Very quickly, do you want me to run through Empire? Yeah. Go yeah, very, yeah, straight, yeah. very straightforward. Uh, this was an incredible update for Empire, I think. Might be an outrageous claim. I think it will, though, drastically increase Empire's external power. And... It will do that because core got cheaper and the bigger units of core now feel about right pricing. So we've talked about this in the chat, but like the big units of 40 halberdiers are now under 400 points. Wow. Is that with command? Uh, with command, yeah. I mean, you're going to give them the Brendan right, banner or something, so they're going to be like 4, 4 something, 430 or something, I think. Yeah, that's but that's still, head. still insane value. And both Imperial Guard and Knights of the Sun Griffin went down. And Knights of the Sun Griffin went down a lot. They went down 10 points on their base cost, and then additional models went down, what's that, 12 points? Oh, sorry, 8 points, can't count. That's nice. Yeah, they just, there's so many, there's little tweaks across the book, but now when you're making up an army list, like everything in Empire felt just a little bit too expensive for what it was. And now a lot of the units feel about right. Command is so big for Empire exactly. as well, yeah. so having that 30 points saved, or just the ability to take um, champions and banners and stuff wherever you need them is really good. Yeah. Have you revisited that gunline list that you used to run? Do you know how that's changed? Because I know you uh, ran that I, at EDC a couple of years ago. I got threatened that I was never allowed to play it again or people would stop talking to me. I mean, you're, you're not allowed <laughs> to play it, but I mean, you can look at, see <laughs> you can how look at points it. have changed. Uh, I haven't actually checked, but uh, I would be very surprised if it hasn't gone down a lot. What would you, what would you what would your guess be? Maybe 150, 200 points, as much as that? No, maybe not as much as that. Maybe about 100, 150 points. Okay, so that's chaff or kit that you didn't have before. Yeah, I mean the I think the big thing about the empire is that basically everything got buffed. There was a couple like t- minor like so crossbows now cost the point whereas they were free before. Um, and I think that's actually a mistake. I think the reason they've gone up is because in elf met like elf heavy metas, light infantry with crossbows are really really good. They're really strong because yeah. they outrange a lot of elves, or they are the same range, and they can just because they've got more bodies, they can outshoot them. But I think now everyone's just going to start taking handguns. Which I mean, in the UK, like most people took handguns anyway. They didn't really bother with crossbows. So a lot of the the, the increases aren't really that big a deal. Uh, whereas the decreases are big deals. And the Marshall Griffin didn't get changed. 
Right. Whereas the Griffin was one of the things that got highlighted in the Highborn Elf update. Yeah. Hey guys, this is just a quick amendment to what we've just discussed because there was a hotfix released after we finished recording this episode. And in that hotfix, Empire Griffins were targeted and they are now 0-2 to two per army. So gone is the day of four wizards on Griffins for Empire lists. Enjoy the rest of the show. And the stank stayed the same. Why, again... I, I don't play Empire, so I don't know the answer to this, but why the fuck did they feel the need to stick five points on a horse on an artificer? Because they're terrified that people are going to use the artificers on horses' chaff. And despite five, the fact that five nobody's doing that? that just now anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it seems yeah, weird. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Um, it is weird. Alter Battle went down 15 points. Which I think is pretty big as well. I was already toying with bringing the altar back into the list, and I, I played against Braz a few weeks ago with the altar bow, and it is it's just a solid piece, and I'm definitely going to start taking it now because the prelate actually went down in points as well. He went down five points. Yeah. What did you do? You just have him with like a great weapon in the locket. I did in that in that build, yeah, but I might not even take him with the locket to be honest. I don't know. Wait and see. Mm. He's just he's just so tanky. Yeah, and, and he's constantly buffing. And the big thing about Empire is that you a lot of the time you find that your characters are all in one unit, which makes it just a liability if things go wrong. So actually, spreading your characters' points across the field is massive. Is he uh, four up pages or a five up pages? Four up pages. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, so you can get him to like a two up, four up, and he's stubborn. Uh, you yeah. give him the great weapon and the locket, and it means that most things don't want to fight him. Yeah, flying characters don't really want to... Yeah, I mean, you got to keep him safe from, like, monsters. But even then, he's not going to get his face kicked in a lot of the time. He can probably hold till <laughs> backup comes. You're hiding behind 50 flagellants. Yeah. yeah. Come at me, bro. And, like, flagellants, another one, like, they went up 10 points, but their additional models went down a point. So, again, that's kind of, like, across the board, they're trying to encourage bigger units. Yeah. So, I think that um, this is a really good update for Empire. And I think you'll, you'll see a lot of Empire players who are maybe not playing Empire bring the Empire back out in the maybe next some, few weeks. Maybe some Empire players who now play VC. Yeah. No, I think those Glory Hunters are. I think those Empire players are quite happy where they are. But uh, <laughs> no, I think this is really good, and all the Empire players I've talked to on the forum are, are are happy about this. Apart from like the weirdos that are still moaning about. Heavy armor for heavy infantry. Like, <laughs> complaining about the their artificers' horses getting five points more. <laughs> but yeah, so very good update for Empire. Nice. Was there anything, Jonty? Was there anything from Sylvan Elves you wanted to pick out? Because I think maybe what we'll do now is uh, I'm just conscious uh, of the time getting on as well. We'll um, we'll talk about dwarves because I think we should probably cover that. But we'll we'll do a palette cleanse. Do you want to quickly run through Sylvan Elves first? Was there anything here that you well, saw? So I think I think Sylvan Elves have needed a bit of love for a while. Um, I think in the hands of competent players, they can be ruthless. But in the hands of people who maybe aren't as familiar with the avoidance style that you really need to be adopting, they can be tricky. And these buffs should actually help people who are new to SE get their foot in. Um, Wild Huntsman in particular coming down in their base cost from 290 to 275 and additional models from 40 to 35 is huge. I've um I've already seen like lists which have like twenty eight huntsmen in and six Kestrel Knights in, which have also gotten cheaper. So so and those are kind of where I would point new SE players to start in. So but I think that's really 
surprising. I don't know. I mean, Huntsman, Huntsman were brutal on the charge. They're still brutal on the charge, but they've still got the same hard weakness. So I get the impulse to make them cheaper, but it still doesn't change the fact that you know they are going to haul over to small arms fire and pyro and shit like that. But there's 28 so, of them, Paul. There's 28 of them now. But th- this is my point. Like, do you think that points drop is too much? Um, yes, probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, have they jumped the shark there and actually, like, oh, maybe we've maybe gone a bit too far? I, I think, unfortunately, that there, there's there maybe a little bit, but I think probably seasoned SE players would rather go with something that's a bit more durable. Um, I still think that if you're starting out with SE, maybe spamming Huntsman is a little bit cheap, but it's quite a good way to get a feel for the army. I think it is a too big a points dip, though, for sure. We're playing in the Celtic League, which starts uh, this week. And one of my opponents, uh, a guy from Ireland, Johnny, um, has taken a unit of 10 Wild Huntsman. I didn't even know you could take 10. I thought they were capped at 5. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you don't see units of 10 very often. And you will now, for sure. Yeah, I think you will. 35 <laughs> have... points in additional model. That's pretty pretty cool. It, I, I assume he's got druidism on his list. He does, yeah. Oh, yikes. So it means that it's going to be shit. As I've said before, I hate druidism, but when you know how to use it, it's infuriating to play against. Yeah, my flying guy's got one mission, and that one mission is just <laughs> don't fuck that druid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with you, Jonty, though. I mean, I think we've, we've kind of talked about it before on program that we feel at least that it does need quite a big overhaul just because yeah. of the limitations in the book and how it restricts you. So I'm glad to see that there are a lot of points uh, reductions. I just think like Kestrel Knights were already good and you did see units of six and that's a massive points drop on Huntsman. It gives the players something to be excited about, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I think that's maybe a bit much on the Huntsman front. Are you guys surprised to see no change to the bowl limit? Um, no, just because of it's that would be a design change. I mean, they have changed caps elsewhere in other books. Yeah, but I think that's that's like a huge fundamental change for someone else. I think like shooting in this book should be probably better than it is. I think if they wanted to delve into that, that might be opening a can of worms before they're ready to really tackle the book. I, like, I'm surprised they changed magic as much as they did. So I, I wasn't expecting them to, to change things like that in any of the army books. Okay. Um, so not really. Did you think that might change as well? Yeah, I kind of thought that, especially if they're trying to push single models out, then like, so I think Sylvan Elves are the worst book in terms of power rating just now. And it blows my mind that Sylvan Elves and Dwarves aren't the next two books getting done in Legendary. I just I don't understand how they, they, they can justify not doing them. Because the, the, uh, to me, anyway, they're the two most pro- problematic books. But increasing their bow cap on top of all the buffs they got, I think would have helped introduce certain armies into the, the kind of general pop, which we'd quite happily play against lots of single models. Because they can dance about them and just shoot them up. But they, they obviously decided against that. But I think overall, I mean, I, and I, I went on the, the Sylvan Elf form, most people are pretty happy with this. And talking to you guys, I know you both of you guys have dabbled in Sylvan Elves before. Martin obviously isn't happy about anything. No, no. But that's just Martin. No. This will be the worst thing that's happened since 
he met Fraz. Like, you know. <laughs> it's uh, actually it's funny, right? Because when, when the books got released, uh, we were talking about it in the chat, and someone asked Martin what he thought of the Sylvan Elf book, and he picked, he said, um, Sentinels went up, so it's bullshit. Right. Then those are like the legit only unit that have gone up in price. <laughs> you see this, and it's just all green. But yeah, I mean, Pathfinders went down. I, I would have definitely yeah. agreed with that. Like Pathfinders did feel so expensive, very expensive. And yeah. with Sentinels to get them anywhere near as equivalent in terms of kit, you've got to you've got to buy all the extras that you just get with Pathfinders. Um, what what have they actually changed it? additional models so you can still run units of five for the same price yeah yep. which that was generally how i saw them run anyway they're still very good you can still prop i mean does that cancel out um no so if you were running pathfinders and sentinels like in one list you're still saving points because of the decrease on pathfinders oh, pathfinders yeah mm. it's a bigger drop than it is an increase so you're still saving points I would agree. It's nice to see the generally the, the points going in the right direction for that book. Um, right, so before... Oh, should we talk about dwarves? Yeah, okay, right, we'll talk about dwarves. Dwarves. <laughs> so I think we need to talk about dwarves. Just dwarves. Because Sorry, of it's all... just a reflex. Anytime anyone says dwarves, I have to say it. Fucking classic dwarf players, right? They make all this fucking racket on the forum. And it fucking is all over the shops in the meme thread. You look at the update, fuck all's changed. They've actually got buffed. So, for, for context, and I promised that I would play Devil's Advocate. So, uh, an anonymous Scottish dwarf player, anonymous, who shall remain nameless, yep. uh, sent me a cheat sheet as to why the dwarf community was so upset. Go for and it. it goes as follows. I'll summarise. But basically, there's two issues. It's power level and lack of identity. So, power level, consistently, dwarves were, have been ranked bottom tier. For a long, yeah, long that just, time. That just means dwarf players are shit. Well, one would think. Okay. And they got hit pretty hard in the last points update. And this one doesn't go far enough, basically. And they think there's an ideological attack happening from Rule's team towards them. And okay, this so all we're got in, sparked off. We're in hat theory now. Well, this all sparked <laughs> off with the MSU stuff that... Uh, allegedly there was something on the forum that said the MSU should be a place that the dwarves can have it got taken down after Rose team targeted MSU in this points update and they were never heard from again and they were were taken out it was a mafia job so basically yeah it's a combination of that and and lack of identity and on this point I do agree that I don't think the dwarf book knows what it wants to be and it's been battered and pushed in so many directions over the years that it's just a kind of fucking mess so that's the kind of the, the context if you if you have not if you've managed to stay out of the, the dwarf grudging and saltiness that's going on. But looking at these changes, not a lot has changed. <laughs> like there's a few bits that have been buffed and like other armies, like additional models have gone down. Like Deep Watch got a pretty big points decrease. Yeah. The, the only thing that I spotted which was weird was the the king's war throne went up and i can't remember the last time i saw a war throne am i wrong what do you guys think not played against dwarves in a while thankfully i think i'm right in saying andy cowan fucking loved a, a war throne oh he, he was a big fan of the war throne yeah um so it's 240 points it's gone up five points and the king's gone down 10 so you're rewarding 
king on foot builds, which I guess were rarer if people were bringing kings. Is that is that what the problem was? I think like I, I don't think people have really been taking kings to be honest. I think they've been adopting the take the engineer, make him the general, and just don't spend money on, on characters. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that anonymous uh, Scottish dwarf player uh, he does that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about, but yes. I'm looking at the points changes and Seekers have gone up good. Kingsguard have gone up five points, but that's just for the starting size. The if you additional models have actually gone down. So you're probably still saving points for larger units. It feels quite thin that the dwarves would just complain about everything. Just constantly. I mean, I do, I, I get where some of the frustrations come from, that, like, dwarves are low, low bottom tier. Yeah, yeah. In, t- in terms of raw statistics, you can you can say about the army, I think the army encourages negative, sorry, the army book can, encourages negative play, because I don't think the dwarf player can really affect the game in a lot of ways that they want to, and a lot of people just don't want to play dwarves, because they know that if they play, they fight dwarves, they're going to lose. So I think it does encourage negative play, um, which I think has swung the statistics, but... If you've got a low tier army, then why do you, do you need to increase the the price of clan warriors by ten points? Is this just to put off spamming smaller units? Yeah, because the additional essentially, yeah. Now, yeah. But like, I just don't think that was maybe a battle they just didn't need to have. Yeah, I mean, I've not really been following this. If it has been the case that it was written into the directive that MSU should be playable and they've now taken that down and that's been seen as a bit underhanded then that's a pretty shitty thing to do um, you know fuck knows when they're going to get around to redesigning this book if you want to tackle it then then that's probably the, the time to do it um, not during a points update Yeah, I think the points by and large seem negligible like most of the ruins have gained down in price and that is going to offset a lot of the other changes. Like, steam copters have gone up five points. whoop to do Additional models have gone down five points. So, just looking at the changes in and of themselves, it sounds like it's just existing problems that this is this has just been used as an excuse to kind of talk about the problems that are already in the book if that's what the community feels yeah. like i think that yeah the book just needs redesigned. i think that's the main thing potentially until a full redesign happens this could be a way of just tweaking even though you're you're kind of it's staying roughly the same because when you're reducing things you're increasing other things other other aspects of the list i, I can see this being a useful stepping stone for a stats team working out how to push dwarves in the direction they want to see if if they okay so if we increase the cost of small units and make it easier to field larger units do people actually do that because then you can start working out how you're going to push them in a direction so it might just be that this is a stepping stone to a more complete dwarven holds book but when this is updated yearly that's not really enough yeah and again to play devil's advocate a dwarf player would say that they've been ignoring that kind of information for two three years now yeah but yeah I'd, i mean i think we're, we've actually missed out the most important thing that forge wardens went down 15 points so everyone's going to be spamming forge wardens right yeah they're they're really good they're, <laughs> they're like, really good yeah they're the most elite thing in the game i think yeah so watch out guys forge wardens so that's uh 
I mean, I don't think we're particularly popular within the dwarf community anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not with the motto that is fuck dwarves. Yeah, um, so I don't know if they're actually going to be able I don't know if... Do dwarf players listen to us anymore, apart from for us? Or, I mean, uh, the no. anonymous uh, Scottish <laughs> <laughs> Good save. Well, Thank you. Um, I think part of the issue was that there was stuff that was leaked, and there was a lot of kind of cagey communication going on before the points came out, so people overreacted. Oh, um, there was, like, points leaks? Yeah, so some people had seen points leaks, and then they went on the forum, and they weren't... Because they didn't want to get, like, just taken down. They were kind of suggesting things about points changes. Oh, so right. some people saw that and then went off and won. And... This doesn't sound like Ninth Age. No. <laughs> the forum's a really positive place to be. <laughs> right, okay, so very quickly, was there anything from the other army books that you guys kind of saw that you want to flag up? I mean, like we've kind of said, a lot of the changes are to additional models, so that's kind of across the board that that's been enforced. Was there anything that caught anyone's eye from the other books? Um... I haven't looked at any other books that we haven't already discussed. Just I'm not really in a position to comment on them one way or the other. There might be massive changes, but I I just haven't looked, so I'm not going to pretend to have. Okay, Mad Get Radio specialist. In the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go I'll go balls to the wall the other way. Uh, yeah, I've read everything and it's all brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brave. What's your handle on the forums, Dante? So oh, yeah, 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 you've got a problem at me at Heliconid. <laughs> that was your opportunity to say uh, Cadorna. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, would just, that would just fuel Martin. He'll, he'll just suck that in. He'll love it. <laughs> so I get I, I very, very quickly a couple of things that I circled. Uh, Highborn Elves, Master of the Canary Tower went up 30 points base cost. It went down 10 points on the high prints. Still worth it. it. People are still going to take it. The Griffin went up 20 points to 205 points. People are still going to take it. (laughs) (laughs) Seaguard went up a little bit. They're still good. People are still going to take them. Um, KOE had a a few interesting changes. The Oriflam went down 15 points and Pegasus Knights went down quite a lot. Mm. So for the, the one KOE player that everyone knows They'll be quite happy, I think. Uh, Sorry, Ancients were a bit... I think they were. it's good overall, but there's a few kind of weird changes, like Soulfire Weaver, that one of the powers of the Quattle went down a massive 60 points. Because no one takes it. Because no one takes it, but it's that's now the, cheap enough that you can combine with the other ones. That's the Evocation one, right? Yeah. That's got to be the biggest points drop as well. Yeah, actually, yeah. Is that Does that top the uh, Corpse Cart? Well, it was 50, right? Saurus Warriors went down a bit as well. So you might see uh, definitely more encouragement to take bigger units of Sauroth. Did they change and the points on the totems? Just Crocodile. So Crocodile went down from four points to three. So Crocodile is the one where you get plus one armor in yeah, combat. That's. I don't know if that's enough, but that's good. Yeah, I mean, the, the base cost went down five and the additional models went down one. So on top of the full command change. Okay, that actually, that's actually a lot of points. So it is actually a quite a bit, yeah. And it not be that bad. Okay. So I think you might see people try out the bigger units, the Saurus Warriors with Spears and the Crocodile, with maybe yeah. with like an Alchemy Quail. Yeah, or even Hand Weapon and Shield and keep the parry. Yeah, exactly. So that's potentially cool. Um, Temple Guard went down actually quite a bit. So they went down five points base cost to three, four, five, and then they went down four points for additional model to 28 points. That's good. Again, I, I think Temple Guard 
need a redesign, but it's nice to see that the um, points are coming down as well. Yeah, I just I feel like they're one of the most horrendously overpriced units in the game. Yeah, absolutely. For an elite unit, they're garbage. Yeah. Um. So g- good to see them get a little bit of love. The Taurosaur went up twenty points. So what is it now? Four. So it's now four seven five. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like the the Auroch is five hundred points. What do you think is better, an Auroch or a Steg? Steg's more flexible, but an Auroch's better. I think. I'd rather have a Steg. Would you? Reroll and then practice. Stegs are smaller bases as well. Smaller mm-hmm. bases. You're. I mean, you know, an Auroch is defensive skill too. And you're yeah. stubborn, right? Yeah. No, stags aren't stubborn. They're not stubborn. No, I don't think so. Uh, that must have been. I think they used to have the... used to have stubborn, but they lost that. Yeah, okay, that was ages ago. Yeah, um, but like, you can take the bow and the engine on them, so they're quite flexible self. that way. Yeah. yeah, I'd rather have a stag than an auroch personally, yeah. but that's maybe just choice. But yeah, four seven five is probably about right. Uh, yeah, and the fire scooters went down another twenty points Fuck in a desperate sake. attempt for people to take it. I was going to say, <laughs> did that go up? Because they're good. So they were two seven five. They've gone down to two five five. That's really good. They're yeah, one up armor save stable. now as well. They're what? They're one up armor save now. They were a one up before, were they not? I think they were two up for a while. Uh, they went up to one up in the previous update, maybe. I don't know if I'm right. Martin will be screaming at his. <laughs> Uh, I was sure they were one up before because that was kind of why everyone was taking them with the the snake god for the for the two d six poison because they are stubborn, right? The only th- I mean they're not gigantic though, so they're not you're not getting any good stomps and shit from them. But yeah, no, I, I think that's really good. I think yeah. I, I quite like them. So uh, yeah, I think the source got a nice couple changes. Um, the rest of it's pretty nothing major. The only other big well, I say big change. The other only kind of change that caught my eye was that Shabti Archers for UD went up four points, an additional model. Um, Starting size cost change? No, they're the same. So it's not actually that big a change. And I think if you were taking the big units, there's not a big enough points increase to dissuade you. No. I mean, people were taking units of six to eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's not that much more. No. Especially with the, the decreases in command. Yeah, that just offsets it. Yeah. Pretty much. Because cool. you were taking a banner and a, a musician most of the time, so that's 20 yeah. points saved. Like a rending banner? Was that the build? Yeah, that was that's pretty tasty. So yeah, so that's that's it. So that is the, the points updates. Uh, so I mean, a lot of it's minor and won't have a massive impact, but in terms of just wrapping up and kind of overall thoughts, do you think that the update will be successful in its mission statement? And who are the kind of, who are the big winners and who are the big losers, do you think, from the, the update? John T, let's start with you. What do you think? Uh, uh, absolute top of the list. Big winners are Ogres. I, I think they've come out very, very well out of this. They were already strong, and they've just gotten stronger. Um, yeah. I think it's it's quite hard to see it any other way. Um, but I, I think I, that that makes it sound like I, you know, I don't think this is a good adjustment. I actually think this is a step in the right direction. I. Mm. I think we need to be more rank and file based in general. It would be nice to see fewer single models. I just I would like to get there sooner. I think yeah. that would okay. be my Twitter assessment of the whole. The, the big losers for sure. I, I think are, are hmm probably dwarves. 
Just to satisfy them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's hard. the mob, John T. No, it's it's hard not to it's hard not to see it that way, right? There's just so little to be excited about when you look at the balance changes to the dwarves. Well, there's a, a very easy solution. Don't play dwarves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's very little to be excited books. about in the book. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think I think it's a good. I think it's nice to. I, I, if nothing else, it's quite nice to just um, be given a completely new, well, not a completely new, but like a new, fresh take on list building for a year. And I always look forward to these updates for exactly that reason of kind of work out how to eke out the most points efficient list you can. Such a game, you bastard, John T. <laughs> I never win anything, so it's, it's... That's not true. I remember you having a very good day at Siege 2, 3. Yeah, we came plus. second, John T. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, 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 I can't take sole responsibility for that. Well, I'm pretty sure you won more points in your day two than uh, certain people on the team won in their... Uh, Did John T not win more points than the rest of the team combined on day two? No. No. How I, dare I, you? I mean, I wasn't going to say Andrew, but thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I think overall, right, the, the points update was good for basically everyone. There, were, there weren't really any losers. So I, I understand where you come from for the dwarves, because I think in the other books there are things that to be excited about, whereas the dwarves are just kind of like, okay, same as everything else then, because nothing's really changed. Yeah, I, I feel bad for them if everyone, you know, if even if they are maintaining, if everyone else is slowly getting a little bit better, it's gonna it's gonna do nothing for the grumbling. Yeah, they should maybe just try and be nicer people. Yes, yes, I, I've I, maybe a bit like dogs and their owners, how they kind of slowly converge <laughs> and begin to. Like, I feel like everyone kind of begins to take on the traits of their faction yeah. over time. Um, I certainly uh, over lockdown look more like an ogre as I lose <laughs> and gain more weight. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. Maybe we should necrophilia. <laughs> we haven't had a necrophilia joke before. That's maybe I might get a new one. Yay. Is there like a sound? Is that, is that something to celebrate? <laughs> Pushing boundaries. Um, Paul, what do you think? About necrophilia? Yeah, we'll start with necrophilia. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's disgusting. Um, no, I'm well, we be... can't be friends anymore. <laughs> In terms of winners, yeah, ogres are probably better off now than they were before. I think Empire have came out really well. It's not to say that they're going to be top tier now, but they're certainly yeah. going to be stronger, which is good. Losers, vermin and dwarves, but that's it's, it's just more army choice than anything else. You're just <laughs> it's nothing to really do with the update. You lost from the choice. Nothing really that we've talked about, I think, overly stands out as being that negative, I'd say. Maybe yeah. I, I take your point about the dwarf changes not being particularly drastic um, and the fact that it, certain aspects of how it was released and this kind of debate over should dwarves be MSU and stuff, I, yeah, I can see the negativity around that. So I accept the fact that for players, they maybe have less to be excited about but I don't think the, the changes were bad. I don't think any of the books in terms of changes were that surprising. I'm glad Sylvan Elves have gotten some points buffs and Saurians, because you know, we've kind of highlighted those two books in the past as needing a bit of a, a kick up the bum. So well, that's love, good. Yeah. 
What about you? Anything, any big takeaways, anything that stands out that's quite surprising? No, I just, I mean, you guys have all said it all. I think that Ogres come out of it quite clearly, the winners. And that's partly to do with the changes to the Arcane Compendium and and their book. Mm. Um, I, I would say I'd agree with that. Like the Arcane Compendium changes, the, the spell changes are probably the biggest change. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's, it's hard to find a lot of negatives in this points change. Like they, they always build it that it was going to be a minor tweak and that kind of yearly points change. And this is the routine they want to begin in, which I think is really good, really healthy. And like John says, it like it, it spices things up again, right? It makes you look at lists and try and come up with different things. And even if it is just be points here and there, it means that you, you look at your core again and stuff like that. So I, I like all that. And I think the full command change is an excellent change. Um, even if it does allow them just to spend points on monsters <laughs> for the points they've saved. Yeah, or more core <laughs> units, but then at least you're you're making your units yeah. bigger. So yeah, I don't think it's going to do what they wanted to do, but I think it's overall just a good change for the game. Yeah, the, the way they've done it. Alrighty then. So uh, before we wrap up, in terms of moving on, uh, what events and stuff are we playing and moving forward in the new year? So there is the Celtic League. Yes. Which is kicking off. So that's going to be uh, it's getting run by James from ETC Team Ireland. It is how many players have signed up? Uh, three players per group, six, nine, twelve. I think fifteen. I think okay. that's right. So it's not it's not a huge thing, but it's a pretty casual event. It's just going to be broken up into small groups of three players where everyone plays each other once over the course of a month, and then there's a pretty simple ladder system for players that end top within their group moving up and then similarly the player that comes bottom moves down um, and it's quite a nice initiative I think it's really just set up as something casual and to help people play against different players just to give a bit of diversity in your games which is good because I think it's quite easy just to get into the habit I think we're quite bad for that and just playing the same people all the time so it'll be nice to play against some different opponents yeah absolutely um, so that'll be good what other events are on the horizon? Well, there is, of course, uh, the English Masters. I mean, the UK Masters, <laughs> um, which yes. is happening. And yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> that is kicking off. It's going to take place, sorry, between the 27th of January and the 15th of Feb. And everyone is to keep their eyes peeled because there is a lot of stuff happening for the UK Masters this year. It's all being coordinated by Proxy Table Gaming alongside Paired, uh, the Paired Weapons Podcast, Matt and Kev. Uh, Craig from Slanra and the Fantasy Warbuck Gaming guys are all getting involved and we're going to be doing lots of uh, analysis and interviews with all the players so do keep your eyes uh, open for updates about that especially on Twitter and on the forum they are also running a competition uh, and I'll include a little uh, bit at the end of the episode giving you details about the competition and how you can get involved Hi guys, I'm Lucky Sixes and I'm Maddie P and today we're here to introduce the Masters 2021 competition where you can win a whole host of prizes including painted models from the Gobbo and Kev, lifetime TTS subscription, gaming book from Heretic Games, Rotten Factory unpainted Nurgle champion, laser sight pen and a free standard size commission from the Gobbo himself. All you have to do to win one of these prizes is answer this simple question. What was the latest army book released by the Ninth Age? Was it A, 
orcs and goblins, B, dread elves, or C, undying dynasties. And Matty, how do you enter this wonderful competition? Well, Lucky Sixes, I'm uh, glad that you asked. All we're asking people to do to enter this competition, and let's face it, why wouldn't you with a list of prizes like that, is simply to send us an email to the following address. PairedWeaponPodcast at gmail.com. That's PairedWeaponPodcast, all lowercase and all one word, at gmail.com. Don't forget to include your contact number, your contact Twitter, your contact forum, and any way other that you'd like us to let you know if you've been a lucky winner or not. And don't forget to keep an eye out for the PTG videos at the end of the Masters where we'll be announcing those lucky winners. Yes, at least seven winners we will have for this competition, so it is well worth you entering. Make sure you check out all our other content on several podcasts, including Paired Weapon Podcast, Slanrat, Thundercocks, and Fantasy Warping Podcasts, and of course the videos right here on PTG. That's it from us. Best of luck, and stay tuned for more content. Best of luck, guys. See you later. So with that, I think that's probably us. Uh, anyone got anything to add about the points update or anything that's coming up that they want to give a shout out to? Um, no, no, no. I think that's that's all set. Um, you know, I, I, I ain't going anywhere. So you're <laughs> <laughs> just gonna go back to painting some demons after the second. <laughs> nice. I think I think I think that's the that, that yeah that's 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 been my life for the past year. So uh, yeah, that's locked down now. Keep at it. Smash out another year. Um, in terms of shout outs, um, I just want to say to everyone to go and check out the Essence of War stuff that um, Pitlegio and all his pals, including the infamous Michael, uh, are doing. They're doing regular t- uh, Twitch streams, so you can go and check that out. And please do support the guys uh, if you get the chance to. And there's also a new exciting uh, online version of Ninth Age coming out called Sunblade. Uh, they've just released a new promo video about it, so go and check that out as well, because that looks very uh, promising and potentially a rival to UB, and we'll, we're eagerly watching out on that. Yeah, I was super impressed by that. I thought that looked nuts. Yeah, it looks very cool. cool. Very cool. So we're waiting to see how the guys uh, sort that out. So in terms of upcoming shows, we've got a bunch of stuff booked in for you. We're going to get Pelagio and Michael on uh, next show to talk about Essence of War and talk about how Michael only painted four miniatures an entire year. <laughs> We're going to get Grimbold on from the uh, exec committee to talk about what it's like to live in an ivory tower. And uh, we're going to do other stuff. We'll maybe do a little bit of Masters coverage if we feel like it, if we've got time. But we're, we are yeah, we'll wait and see. lot of stuff. We're uh, we're talking about doing another campaign this year as yes. well. Yes. Yeah. Um. So we'll maybe talk a little bit about that. Um. Once we've figured out the details. Absolutely. And if you guys want to hear about anything, you want us to talk about anything specific, you can send us an email uh, at scotchwildlands at gmail dot com. You can grab us on Twitter uh, at scotch ninth age, or you can get me. I am MGR Lost Cause on Twitter. Uh, Paul is Space Goblin One. Um, we are Lost Cause and Space Goblin on the form. John T, your form handle is? Uh, at Heliconid, so that's H-E-L-I-C-O-N-I-D. There you go, so you can direct all your uh, ogre salt to John T, <laughs> and he'll deal with that. And uh, the only thing that's left for me to say is Happy New Year to everyone, and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Bye, guys. Take it easy, guys. See you next time. Yeah, peace. Happy New Year. <laughs>